Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. This week's Sunday session is brought to you by homebrewing source of awesomeness online. More beer at morebeer.com. Feels like work. Shooting the shit for two hours, drinking beer and talking beer. What a wonderful experience. Can we not have the barf bucket near my mixing board? <laughs> 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 I think everybody can read the book. I knew you were going to use this book as an excuse to quit doing this show. Mrs. Yeah. <laughs> Bub, if you want, I can mail you the Bub Timer. Yeah, Newcastle. Especially in the can. Have you ever had it in the can? <laughs> <laughs> no, I have not had it in the can. <laughs> then I closed my eyes and I concentrated really hard. Now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers. Craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Welcome to Downtown Joe's, everybody. Thanks for hanging out with us. We're the Brewing Network doing our live uh, beer radio shtick here, which is basically me getting paid to get drunk with you. So thanks for... uh, Yeah. uh, I've worked hard at this, and my mother's very proud of me. Uh, As four years of college. I'm lying. It was eight years of college, because I was on the eight-year plan. Uh, Not because I went to med school like Doc over there, (laughs) but uh, because I smoked a lot of pot. I smoked pot, too. You did? And still became a great doctor. Yeah, you know, yeah. it's all about timing. <laughs> and the jeans. Right. <laughs> you look better in a pair of jeans than he does. Yeah. yeah. So we like to come out here to Downtown Joe's every now and then and hang out with Colin Kaminsky, your brewmaster. You've probably got a glass of his beer in your hand, I hope. I do. At least one of you does, right? You should. I've got his English pale ale, which uh, Colin was sweet-talking me, told me that he made it just for me. I think he really just tapped it just for me. You believed him? Yeah. He just wants to get you in bed. I believe all that stuff. Uh, but his English Pale Ale is real nice. I think he said it's all Kent Goldings, and um, it's the least hoppy beer he has here, which means he doesn't like it very much. But I love it. It's very nice. It's good stuff. So we're going to be talking to Colin today. Um, he's our mad scientist of a guest. He's always got wacky things going on. I know he's got a couple of twists for you today, and one of them has to do with the pale ale that he made with Tasty, which is probably in Tasty's glass right there. That's what I'm speaking. Yeah, it's really good. That's a good guess. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be weird. That would happen. Yeah. 
in the next segment, we'll get Colin up here to talk about that beer. But Tasty and Colin are on a mission to find a, a brand new pale ale for Downtown Joe's. And they're making, uh, I don't know how many different recipes you guys are going to have to go through. We're going to do like uh, five or six uh, trials. Yeah, You are? Yeah. And this is number two. Uh, three, tonight. three, I believe. Yeah. Already three. We skipped one. Yeah, there was one in the middle. We didn't tell you about it. Yeah, we must have missed a live show there. It's like an illegitimate child. We don't want to talk about it. <laughs> it wasn't that great, huh? No, it was good, actually. Oh, okay. <laughs> just poured down the drain. I probably was just on vacation. So we're going to be talking about that pale ale tonight. And then Colin uh, has another one of his uh, topics for us that um, is probably going to be long, but, <laughs> but informative. Um, what we're going to talk about today is is the, the proper order to tweak your brewery in order to make better beer. Now, we've talked about brewery upgrades on the show before. In fact, I think we did that here with Chris Graham once from More Beer. And tonight we're going to talk about how Colin has been tweaking his brewery over the years to make better beer. And one thing Colin's not ashamed of is that uh, he's still got a lot to learn, and he's always learning. And one thing that we've said when we come in here is that Every time we show up, the beer's better. Um, not that it was ever bad, but it gets better and better all the time. So he's going to talk to us true. about the order that he tweaked his brewery to make excellent craft beer. And then uh, let us homebrewers and, of course, homebrew listeners um, get in on that, too, and, and talk about the order we should do it. Right on. Yeah. So I think it's good stuff because a lot of times we get listeners calling us about what they should improve on in their brewery and what they should buy. And let's face it, uh, it can get expensive to upgrade yeah. and tweak your brewery. Oh, sure. There's always something new out. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a, a step kind of hobby. Right. So this is the way that we can maybe uh, prioritize those steps and, and fit it within your budget. And uh, I even have one note from Colin that says he might consider extract brewing to be the best way to fast track your way to, making, uh, to really understanding the process and making great beer. Huh. Now, we've had guests on the show before. Mufasa, right from BJ's, yeah, who will eat Colin, <laughs> who would eat him alive for yeah. saying that. They oh, would right. tell him that that he knows nothing, and uh, uh, so I think this is going to be a, an interesting thing to talk to Colin about today. For sure. So if I'm not too drunk by then, we're going to have a great conversation with Colin. And even if you are, <laughs> Colin will have a great conversation with you. I'll just lay down here, yeah. and you and Colin <laughs> take a little nappy poo. <sighs> you know, it's yeah. it's your turn. Right. That's how I went to college. Just <laughs> like this. This oh. is my whole. The answer C. Uh, just wrote down. All right. A lot of things going on over at the Brewing Network. I'll tell you that right now. We got this whole TV show thing out now. That's true. Well, it's a rumor. It hasn't really started yet. <laughs> it's still just a rumor. <laughs> we were supposed to begin filming this weekend, and it got postponed due to yeah. weather, which turned out to be beautiful. Yeah. Well, Friday was pretty rainy, rainy yeah. and cold. So I'm kind of glad we didn't. Do- <clears throat> Excuse me. Didn't do it Friday. I'm gonna get all choked up. <laughs> I'm sad. It's a big gig. Yeah. Well, it's. I, I was thinking about it on the way up here because you know we've been working with Colin pretty much since we started the Brewing Network, and he's always been a big supporter of the show. And I was thinking, you know, back when we first met him, uh, we had like a laptop and we had to share a microphone, and uh, you know our audio wasn't very good, and he still believed in the show, and now. Some idiot at a TV station has given us a, 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 a television show to do this stuff on. A couple idiots. A couple of idiots, even. Yeah. And they've met us before. <laughs> and still continue yeah. to give us a TV station. So, so we'll see. Uh, but got, got the green light. It's exciting. Yeah. We're now fully casted. We've picked our cast members. That's true. Some are here. Yep. Some of the guys we met in the casting yeah, well, room. Well, one is here. Well, with two and a half men out, there's a time slot now. That's true. <laughs> we're not, yeah, we're going to take over the two and a half minutes. Listen, it can't be any worse than that piece of shit of That's a show. That's true. 
I see now. I've never seen it. It's not good. Okay. I mean, let's face it. Well, it's called Two and a Half Men. (laughs) Yeah. It's really. So I was talking about that on the way up here too. Just quick side note. You know how much money uh, they stand to lose by the cancellation of that stupid show. Oh, I read that. Yeah. It's almost a billion dollars. The the fans don't want it canceled at all. Well, they've already no sold the whole next season, and they sold six episodes to finish this season. With all that being canceled, and royalties, and reruns, and... Uh, Commercials, and all that nonsense. It's almost a billion dollars for one awful television show. Oh. Isn't that awesome? I'm pretty sure I'm getting like 50 bucks for our TV show. <laughs> <laughs> but how much is it in Hookers and Blow? <laughs> I don't know, man. Bucks. It's a really small television <laughs> <Yeah>. station. <laughs> Although it is isn't a bad neighborhood, so maybe I'll get plenty of hookers and blow. I don't know. It's always the weather girl. The weather girl. That's See, I think they even farm out the news at the station. It's not even done at the station. It's like an ABC News in New York does the news. We were promised an intern a long time ago. I know. <laughs> that is true. I'll ask the TV station to send us one. Okay. But it's exciting. We're doing this whole show about homebrewers. It all revolves around homebrewing. It's, it's like a top chef for, for brewers. So we're putting these teams of homebrewers together, and they will compete against each other each week to uh, help us find the best brewers in the Bay. That's right, and the winners get makeovers. Yes. So <laughs> Full kind of makeovers. a combination of my best, uh, my favorite reality shows. And $25 of my $50, I think, was also the arrangement right. I had to make with the TV station. Yeah, they get new socks. We're going to pay you 50 yeah. but half goes to the contestant. <laughs> so uh, it's coming along, but it did get delayed a little bit. We're still hoping that the show airs in April. Uh, and it's kind of fun. It's exciting. So check all that out over on, uh, you can go to Facebook and look up Brew Your Own Beer TV. That's right. Brew Your Own Beer TV. And uh, you can you can keep updated on the progress. And some of the people in this room today will be superstars come April when the show wow. starts. Yeah. Well, they'll, Greg, they'll be local <laughs> local superstars, which is exciting. Big fish, small pond. All right. Big thanks to our sponsor, More Beer. They sponsor this Sunday session and every Sunday session uh, that we do. You can go to morebeer.com and get all your home brewing supplies uh, and advice and ingredients. You name it, they have it. You can shop online. You can shop in one of their four retail locations. No, two, three. 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 No, four would be crazy. Concord, yeah. Los Altos, and Riverside. And Riverside, All yes. right, so just three. Yeah. Got it. And But also online, morebeer.com. And only one of those places you want to go to, right. which would be Los Altos. <laughs> I like the Concord showroom. I do like the Concord showroom. That's my home showroom. Well, because it's, it's far enough from the, away from the ghetto. Yeah. That, you it's know. on the other side of Detroit. <laughs> it's on the, yes, it's right. And on by, the legal side of Detroit. Of Detroit Avenue, yeah. All right, so go check out our sponsor, morebeer.com. Um you can subscribe and join the BN Army. You know, I chose our raffle winner last week, but I don't, I don't think I announced who it was. That's uh, unlike you. What, did you get drunk and forget? I don't even think I got drunk. I just forgot. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it just happens. Oh. I, I emailed the guy, though. Oh, so that's good. The guy knows he won. You know, I don't even remember his name right now, either. But if you subscribe and join the BN Army just by hitting the donate button on the homepage, you're entered every month to win prizes from More Beer. And sometimes you get uh, $100 gift certificates. Uh, what we gave away for January was a brand new high flow March pump. We did. Nice. Have you seen these things yet? The high flow one yes. stock? You've got two of them already? <laughs> yeah. yeah uh, I, I, I was part of the test, uh, the, the beta test. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, What's the difference in a high flow? It's a bigger impeller on the inside with longer veins. I see. And it. it that means sense. nothing to me. What does that mean? It does. Uh, it flows. Pushes higher. more beer through yeah. faster. Uh-huh. 
has paddles, so an impeller on, and the inside, pushes through. And, and they're they're longer, so yeah. they get okay. more surface area. All right. But what it does, it helps, because uh, a lot of people, in, in some of the ways uh, that the brew sculpture set up, having a problem pumping up with hot water. Oh, yeah. And what the, the issue was is that uh, there was a lot of air coming out of uh, solution when those things are you know, running through the Cavitating in there. That's <laughs> yeah, the word. Yeah. yeah. So you yeah. uh, just get a longer fin, longer <laughs> paddle in there, and it, it pushes everything out. So, okay. Uh, I've had that problem with our brewery. I've with, had that problem with mine. With Chad and I's brewery, it goes a long way from the hot liquor tank at the bottom That's all right. the way to the mash up on the top of our sculpture. That's right. We've got that old school one, so it's like even taller. Super tall. And then uh, as, as the water heats up, the air comes out of solution a lot easier. I see. So. Look at the big brain on JP today, too. Well, you know, what do you, you want? You've got nothing else going on. i got life. nothing else going on, man. You've been reading your brew books lately. That's true. That's true. <laughs> all right, so you can win all kinds of cool prizes like that by signing up by hitting the donate button on the homepage. Now, the other important thing you need to know about today's show is that we are giving out tattoos. And by giving, I mean you can pay that guy over there to get a tattoo uh, in the room. Uh, we, it's our second time doing it here at Downtown Joe's where we're it's, it's hop grenade tattoos only. Don't go, up, don't go up to him and ask for that unicorn you've been wanting your whole life or all across your entire back. Really? It's hop grenades only today. Can the unicorn be holding the hop grenade? <laughs> Maybe. Okay. We'll see how we'll see how poor Jason's hand feels at the end. Last time we did this, the poor guy, I think we actually gave him carpal tunnel by the end of the show. Four or five people, actually six people got tattoos that day. Well, if he, uh, if he gets tired, I can stand in. I'll do it for him. All right, perfect. Yeah. We, have, we have two new ones from Friday oh, right. uh, that are here tonight that uh, we'll show off on camera. I saw one of those. Dana had one, has one on his leg. I saw that. And, and the guy Joe. next to And Joe, right? There, he's got yeah. one, too. Did, where'd you get yours, Joe? Also, also on the leg. Yeah. You yeah. guys have matching leg hop grenade tattoos. Yeah. His and hers hop grenades. Yeah. As I right call them, the, uh, the mistake twins over there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty good with a needle. The hop grenade is the is the best logo in beer right now. I'm not uh, I'm not too modest to say. And lately, it's become the best tattoo in beer. That's we we de- the nation. We've decided it needs a slogan below it, though. So we're we're looking for ideas of what slogan you could put beneath your hop grenade tattoo. That's not a bad idea. I would. That's how you could customize it. You could each have your own slogan. But, but my idea was in case of beer, pull pin. That's not bad. With an arrow up to your oh, wiener. That's pretty good. <laughs> well, you know. You, yeah, you, you'd have to place that tattoo right below your belly button. Yeah. Oh, man. I already got one there, though. I, I already got one like there. That. That's pretty good, actually. Well, you know. Uh, now, what I haven't told all the people that have gotten the Hop Grenade tattoo um, is that you now actually have to get the little trademark logo next to your tattoo. So Jason will also be doing that later. Yeah. A little, little TM. Don't worry, it's small. No one will notice. Uh, plus a barcode. There'll be a barcode. Uh, but Hidden underneath. Don't worry, no one will know. No. And I just you know you got to protect your your trademarks. Well, it's guys. tasteful, is what it is. It'll be tastefully done. It will be very yeah. tasteful. Jason is a professional. I am a professional, uh, and so is the tattoo, Jason. Well, he yeah. looks like a professional. <laughs> Anytime you can get a tattoo from a guy in a mohawk is in a restaurant. In a restaurant, I wouldn't do it any other way. I love right. it, Colin. You're a wacko, man. I can't believe you let us do the things that we do in this place. It's so awesome. Probably sits up at night at two in the morning going. Every time I think I have too crazy of an idea for the show, Colin's like, "No, no, that, that's all right." Well, I I can get a monkey in there too if you want. I I think he's bored with my ideas at this point. I just let Colin come up with them now. 
So, Tattoo Day. Uh, sign up now. There's limited space available. How many people uh, do we have signed up? Four. Four, four already. Quattro. Plus, I might be our limit. Might be our, okay, that's fine. And I, I didn't hear back. Terrence the Black is supposed to get his touched up, too. I don't know if he's going to make it tonight or not. I heard from him this week. I heard from him last week. All right. It's fading to black. Well, you know, look at everybody's skin is different. And uh, <laughs> is this I, a show on tolerance now? <laughs> yeah. Well, mine actually, my tattoo ejected a lot of the ink. I had to get mine touched up too. It just, what, Jason, I'm right, right? Like sometimes your skin just gets rid of some of the ink, and you got to come yeah, back. That turns it to cancer. Everybody's different. It's not because Terrence the Black is black. No, it's, I think it's because he's scared and he just ejects the ink and tries to run away at the same time. <laughs> yeah, I know that mine was all blotchy after uh, after about two three weeks. It was blotchy and I had to go back and get it filled in. So that just it happens sometimes. That's all, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Colin, do you have tattoos yet? You do have one. Oh. Well, he has a dolphin on his he's, ankle jumping. Anytime over the someone rainbow. puts down their beer to show you their tattoo. All right. How long have you had that? You need a hop grenade, man. When did you regret it? I'm going to get one with you on the air. Both of us have to get it together. Colin said he's going to get his with me on the air. I already have uh, two of them. I just don't have the big one like you're talking about. I want it, I want it right there on my giant bicep. Look yeah. at that thing. I could put a really big hop Are you grenade flexing on that thing? I'm totally big. flexing it right now. I'm getting a cramp from doing it, too. Yeah. yeah. Ow. Nobody ever, <laughs> let me rub that out for yeah, you. Thank you. Help me out here. Will Nobody you, like, ever see it. it. All right, so it's our tattoo show. We'll give you updates. Uh, for the first time at Downtown Joe's, we got the webcam working. So you can go to justin.tv slash brewing network and watch all the action. Right now the action is us ugly guys sitting at the table. But we'll get that moving around to the crowd as they start to enjoy themselves. And we'll get you some tattoos on the camera a little bit later on. So go check it out, justin.tv slash brewing network. That's why we need a monkey cam. We do need a monkey cam. And a midget cam. Oh, yeah. yeah. We need a cam for everything. For dogs. Yeah. Look, there's a midget right there. And waist level. He's hanging out with his family. Yeah, that's, oh, no, it's a kid. That's a kid. My fault. That's rude. <laughs> that's rude. I can't tell the difference. Yeah. They all look the same. All right. What else do I have to give you for announcements? Announcements. I think that's about it uh, for announcements. All right. Last week, we skipped feedback. Oh, because oh, I wasn't here? Uh, which means I kind of have a lot of feedback, and I don't even think we're going to get through all of it um, this time. But you can always send your feedback to the show, feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com, and we read most of it on the air. Uh, the more insulting you are, the more chances uh, for it to be read on the air. Also, if you have brewing questions for the cast and crew, I try to put those in the feedback, too. You should. So send your beer questions and your insults to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Dan from Oregon writes in this week, uh, thank you for the Brewing Network. I'm new to brewing, and the advice and stories from the show have been tremendously helpful. Uh, but he does have a gripe. No, oh, of no. course he does. Talk JP. Yeah, well, hopefully. <laughs> actually, I'm glad he brings this up because I'm, I've been getting a lot of emails about this, and it's time to discuss it. He says, off in the show, uh, on the show, you mentioned that the, it's always available on podcasts, but I've tried to get some of these and find a lot of them to be not available in iTunes. I've managed to download about six of them. Uh, is there certain times when the server is unavailable? Thanks from Don. And here's the, here's the situation. I don't even think I've talked to you guys much about it. Oh. We've had such a, a huge amount of new listenership and downloads in recent months that uh, we've not been able to keep up with the traffic. So first, we were getting all kinds of overage charges. We're, we're getting something like 180,000 downloads a, a, a month or something. 
Yikers. Uh, of big of our huge long big filed shows. Even yeah. even when I'm not on? <laughs> even then. Wow. Well those ones are lower. I mean. Yeah. Uh, so the, at first we at first we had a lot of overage charges, then we kinda we, we got a hold of that and then the server started crashing because people were downloading all at the same time. Yeah, and, well drunk drivers, you know. So we're in the process of, of fixing the problem. One of the things we've had to do is take many of the shows from iTunes. Because here's what happens. It's not as if we have 180,000 listeners all listening at once. We don't. We're not that popular, believe it or not. Why not? Yeah. We should say that. Which is not, I, I know I should say that, but we're not. What happens is you get a lot of... Because we're getting so many new listeners, mm-hmm. they go into iTunes, they find the podcast, and they hit the download all button. And if 100 people in a week hit the download all button, you're talking about five years worth of Brewing Network shows being downloaded like that. And it's just killing us. Like what? So we've taken off a lot of the shows. Um, there we go. From uh, from the iTunes feed. Mm. All shows are still available on thebrewingnetwork.com. So if you go to the shows page, you can pick any show you want. You can download them one at a time. Um, if you have eight computers, you can download them several at a time. But you get the idea. You just can't do it all in one shot. Here's the. Thank you for the. Wow, you are a wonderful server. Person she looked at my. I feel like I'm in a German pub right now. You don't ever order a beer in Germany. You just put your glass out like that. It, it gets down to about there, and they bring you another one until you tell them to stop. And that's how it goes all night. Until you either wave like this or wave on your way to the ground, they keep bringing a beer to you. Thank you so much, Linda. Good job. Nice. All right. So, Bill. here's the, the weird part about this whole download situation. Yeah. We may have to move to a membership structure oh. at the Brewing Network. Now, I have said in the past that the Brewing Network shows are free and they will always remain free. Right. That is still true. You're a liar. <laughs> I'm, now, I'm now the president of the United States. <laughs> and I'm taking that back. No, the shows will still be free. Every new show we put out will still remain in, in the iTunes feed for free. But what we're probably going to have to do is remove all those old archives uh, from, from the iTunes feed, and you're going to have to pay us if you want five years' worth of shows. So those of you fair. who have been listening all this time, you, still, you already have the shows. They're on your computer. They're in your iTunes. You're good to go. New people coming along will have to stay up to date with their iTunes feed. If they go on vacation for six months and, and don't get six months of shows, they will have to sign up to get those. They'll have to pay cash money. To get those, and also you have to tell us what you do for a living to go on vacation for six months. <laughs> yeah, because we right. want to do it too. So I hate to do it. Um, although if it makes me a lot of money, I'd love to do it. How about if it just pays the bills? Yeah, um, we'll see how it goes. We're we're working out out the the kinks right now. So fear not, the show will still be free. You will get all the most recent shows for free. If your iTunes is up to date, you're always going to get the program. Um, but if you want to go back into five years of episodes of blood, sweat, and tears. You, you might have to fork over a couple bucks. So Puss. That's the deal. Yeah. 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 Pussy blood, man. Now, you could help me in, in, figuring, in figuring this process out. I, I consider the Brewing Network to be kind of an open source uh, type of, of information. You tell us what you want, and we try to give it to you. We've done oh. that with guests. Well, We've done that with, with information. I've got notes for you. So why don't you send us an email? You can send it to the feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. And uh, I don't know. What do you think is a fair price to be a member of the Brewing Network? For, well, for how long? I mean, how long back? Is it I think uh, it'll be a, every new show or a year? Well, I, I think what will happen is you'll sign up to be a member for a year, yeah. and that will give you access to all of our shows, plus some additional programming. But what's, what's the new... Uh, when you say new, 
show. Like you have to be, you have to update your iTunes. So you release the Those show are on, free. A, on a Monday. Yeah. But then when do you not make it free? Ah, you know how far I mean? back? Probably by the time the next show is released. Okay, so for like a week, yeah. you can get it. Yeah. So I'll give you, years. here's a couple of examples. I'd say... If you sign up for the AHA right now, which you can do through our website, yeah. you pay $38 a year. And you get a magazine and a pub discount and other things and uh, stuff. Five but bucks a month is pretty good. Email. Five bucks a month. Five so if I month. charge you for a year, what's the math on that? What's five times 12? What's five times 12? Uh, 60. 60 bucks. 60, 60 bucks a year. So, 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 wow. So almost double... Yeah, what the uh, the AHA charges? Yeah, I stand by our content. We have sixty dollars a, a year, a, a, a wider array of information and beer knowledge than a magazine will ever have. Not this is a man who magazine. wants a paycheck right here. I want to. I want to get paid sixty dollars a year, all day, air day. All right, listeners, you get to chime in on this. Send, send. What would you pay a year for for all the content we give, access to all of it, plus some extra programming? I want to hear your four ninety five. But before Mike and I answer, we want to know what our cut is. Right. <laughs> I, I <laughs> yeah, gladly. See, when JP throws that sixty, he's assuming he's getting some large cut of that. Right. He should have gone one hundred and twenty. I'll tell you that right now. I gladly <laughs> pay my whole BN salary for that. The entire thing. What if I doubled your BN salary right I'd now? I'd pay that too. <laughs> you would pay that. So it's worth it. So, uh, so Doc will pay a twelve pack for a year of uh, <laughs> five years. <laughs> me, I want that green baby. Give it to me. Somebody, me. somebody me. who's a, this kid right here. How much do you think that kid right there would pay for a year of uh, BN program? I don't think that kid knows where he is right now. <laughs> Birthday money. <laughs> He's looking at the hot chicks on the TV. Yeah. He's like, uh, I don't know. I'll pay you a Pokemon, and, and is that this, still popular? I got this Pog. I was going to ask you if Pogs are still popular. I got this big Slammer. I'll yeah. do whatever you want, man. I'll give you a Transformer. And, no, I wouldn't give a Transformer for this show. No, are you, are you joking me? Yeah, that's crazy. Not Unless the blue it's Bumblebee. One anyway. Bumblebee sucks. But I, I, I would love to hear from you uh, because it is a dilemma that we have right now. We're trying to work out the, the most amicable way to uh, make everybody happy uh, yeah, to be able to pay for server. Pro, uh, you know, right now it's kind of a pain. I'm, I'm answering emails all the time. Why can't I get the show? And I'd rather fix the problem quickly and, and, and answer that question once and for all. That's right. Tasty, do you have something to say? Well, no. <laughs> yeah, <no>, like for, uh, <laughs> eventually. What would he say? A $2 a month subscriber, would he automatically have this benefit? Well, here's... I'm glad you asked. (laughs) Well, I actually... I have thought of that a lot. Now, here's what I think. I have done that. There are a lot of people who have been donating to the BN for several years now and not getting anything more than the people that don't donate. All right? I kind of feel like they deserve a lifetime membership just for supporting us so far. Wow. But that's because I give away... Everything. Give away to me. You want to be uh, uh, your carer. And care nothing. about people. But there are people that have been giving two, five, ten, twenty dollars a month yeah. and not getting anything more of it. They just give it because they love the programming and, yeah. and how do I say thanks to them? This is part of the dilemma too. I say anybody over ten bucks a month, they they're a grandfather in lifetime. They're in. Lifetime. I'm going to get a bunch of people signing up for 10 bucks this month. They know it's going to take me six months to fix this problem. Well, there you go. <laughs> if you sign up now. Yeah. 
Tasty when happens. we go, yeah. Over, I feel like Tasty. If you have been a member already at any at any price, any I think you automatically will get the first year of. Oh, there you of go. You, you'll be you'll be in some consideration. I can't yeah. take that away from you. I think that it, you, you you supported us. I mean, really, those subscribers are the unsung heroes of the BN because That's while true. sponsorship has fluctuated, while merchandise has gone up and down, one constant has always been uh, the listeners donating. At least for the past three years or so. That's true, and they let uh, everybody who has never donated, uh, they let you listen. Yeah. So you should thank them. I will. Hug so, a donator. So at least a year, Tasty. And I'm and, and it might be more than that. I'm going to figure it out. Some sort of scale or something. Yeah. Yeah. Great. yeah. So give us your feedback. This is a chance for you to create the brewing network that you want. Send it over to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. Tell us what you think you should pay for a year of programming. All right. More feedback. What up, networks? Just wanted to thank all the brewcasters and especially Jay-Z and Big Daddy Tasty. Um, Sweet. Let's see. At our local homebrew club's inaugural... Oh, this is in Napa. The inaugural Napa Homebrew Challenge. Uh, Joe Homebrewer. Is you right here, Joe? All right. Joe here uh, uh, took third place in the porter category. Yeah. Nice work. No second and first place were awarded, it says. It's weird, but that's, <laughs> very that's weird. But, you know. It was a very slightly modified candy brew recipe uh, for Deschutes Black Butte Porter with an average score of... This is average score. You ready for this? Yes. 40 points. Oh! Nice. Yeah. And that was third place. Yeah, what the wow. hell took... Uh, That's a pretty decent competition. What was the average man? score for first place? It was best in show. Oh, first place was best in show, wow. Joe says. That's pretty good, man. Well done. I don't even know what that means. Uh, let's see. I haven't been brewing all that long. Oh, you haven't even been brewing for a whole year yet. Nice work, man. And he already has a grenade tattoo. And he's got the grenade tattoo. Wow. <laughs> well, he clearly man. makes poor choices in life, Colin, but let's not call him out right now. <laughs> yeah. Man, I've been brewing for six years, and I haven't even won my own appreciation for my beer yet. You gotta call <laughs> it true. brewing first. <laughs> uh, all right, I'm just mixing right now. <laughs> One day I'll learn how to brew. <laughs> Joe promises now that he's going to start his monthly recurring donation. Yes. You got two bucks in your pocket. I want you to start it right now. <laughs> Come here, prove it, yeah. Joe. Put no, it right. you got that tattoo on your leg. I think you've proved it. We'll give you the first month free. All right, do, t- uh, Doc. This is your salary for the year. No, no, leave it there. No, no, leave, there's a barrier. There's a barrier. Yeah, we don't uh, touch money. Here. God, I can't even get across the bridge with that. All right, here, here's your half. <laughs> right, that's your cut. You got yeah, that's your cut. You guys, wow. don't spend it all in one place. Or I get that in Moscow. There's your cut. Yes. All right. Well, I get a 10.99 now. Everyone, Paid. everyone just got a half a dollar bill. I will be uh, your 10.99. Will be showing up next week. All right. <laughs> for fifty cents. Ten thousand percent. And and a warrant yeah. for JP's arrest. Whoa. Oh yeah, it's uh, whoa. He's facing American drop. currency. That's you can right. tape it together. It's fine. And as long as you got the bigger half, you're okay. <laughs> That's right. Joe says. Um, <laughs> that uh, he's he's donating because he wants to hear about uh, Justin's jaunts to Europe. Really, Joe? That's why you're donating? Tasty's mini rollouts. <laughs> really? Bevo's. Yep, 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 yep. Well, you know what about Bevo? He wants to hear sweater. And, uh, sweater Hogan's. And more games of guess who's the Jew, and uh, Doc's Hummer. Long and, radio show, but and uh, everybody's favorite daytime drama. Will Shat ever brew professionally? <laughs> Good question. Film at eleven. All right. Thanks, Joe. Appreciate it, man. <laughs> and suck it, JP. He wants me to make sure I add. That is in the email. I don't think I should. I think it's inappropriate. I think it's inappropriate and it spreads disease. Let's see. It gives the kids the wrong message, too. Here's one from Australia. 
You have to read it. Can, can you read it in an Australian accent? I can't, but he does say good day. Yeah, you can. Uh, can you? Good day, Justin, Tasty, Chad, Beef, Multiple Scots, and JP. Nice. I uh, just wanted to share with you my shitty morning that was kind of sort of caused by my obsession with brewing. See, I'm in Australia, and... I brewed most of yesterday and uh, made what I hope to be an awesomely hoppy Nelson Sauvin IPA with 250 grams of Nelson Sauvin. Has heard of that hop? Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah? Yeah. Popular here? No. I don't know. It had a phase a couple years ago. Now it's kind of... Had a phase. I yeah. found a place for it yet. 12-gallon like batch, he says, started at 1263. Is 1263 a, a single IPA? Yeah. That's IPA yeah. categories. Yeah. Kind of high, all right, on the high end, but... All right. Isn't it? What's he saying? 1263. Uh, yeah. He says... Plato? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no. Uh, ten, I'm sorry. 1063. 1063. Oh, 1063. Yeah, that's nice. Did I say 12, Mike? 1263. Yeah. Can you imagine? Yeah. <laughs> it was actually like motor yeah. oil. It was, it was more like jello. <laughs> <laughs> that's rock candy. He right there. It. Can't get that through a pipe. Uh, <laughs> he says he drank a fair bit of good beers uh, from 8-Wired. Oh, nice. And then another mate popped over afterward with yeah, a bunch yeah. of homegrown hops that needed drying. So he set up a, a dryer deal in the garage. Well, the wife thought the hops were pretty cool but said, what about the car? You can't leave the car outside overnight because we live in a suburb, a suburb with some car vandals. And I said to her, it's just one night. I'm sure it'll oh, be shit. fine. Next morning, I went out to find the car window smashed in and the glove box ransacked. And they took, uh, they took $1.50. That was in the change tray. Yeah, yeah. He says, I would have left a buck fifty on the roof of the car if it meant they didn't <laughs> smash the window. So now those homegrown hops I'm drying, I'm drying in the garage are worth $200 because that's how much it costs to fix the window. Mm-hmm. So he just wanted to share. $201.50. You know, theft particularly bothers me of, of the crimes available to the human being. <laughs> yes. Uh, theft yes. is a is a particular violation. Because okay. I, I don't know, man. I just feel like... I'll put your stuff back. <laughs> Thank you, Doc. <laughs> I just feel like people work hard for things and, and, and then you, you can't always... You know, you can't even park your car on the street. You can't always lock True, everything man. up. You can't always... And some... Some idiot, you know, who can't go either get a job or... You see what I'm saying? It's just a particular source of frustration for me when I hear that people got stuff stolen from them. Well, the Hummer's been broken into. Yeah? They, they got a flashlight and a set of keys. See, what is the point? The Shadillac's been broken into. Uh, Schumann's <laughs> car recently got broken into. They stole the whole stereo out. Yeah, but he's an asshole. Oh, your old crappy yeah, uh, truck? That's true. That got broken into. They didn't even steal anything from that. They just busted my window. I have to say, there's there's some thief that I really really need to thank because okay. I, I like leave my Miata downtown yeah. all the time. If I if I don't want to, if I, I'm not going yeah. to get a DUI. No. So if I'm you know, I'm, I, I, I'm, I I I'll leave my Miata downtown for four or five days if I feel yeah, like it. Right? And, and we're go- talking downtown Napa here. Yeah. But I'm, yeah, go- it, I'm going it, down to the, the Tenderloin later. Can I borrow it? Yeah, yeah. you can. Just leave it unlocked. Yeah. Okay. I think you should call it. <laughs> And he's called so, a car from so, now on. So somebody must have spent hours trying to unlock my car door because unlocking my car door is really difficult. Slitting the top takes seconds. Oh right, and they stole, they were just too stupid to slit the top. They, I don't. Well, hopefully they were too nice. I'm 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 going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And, and they right. were too nice, and and they didn't slit my top. And instead of cutting my eight hundred dollar roof. Yeah. They they stole my ninety five dollar Crutchfield discount stereo. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
See, and, and, and I, I just want to think about. I've never replaced a stereo. It's been like four years. Yeah. I, I now still you got don't a new stereo. stereo. A reason for a new stereo. I, you know, I don't even need the stereo. I just want my roof. See, you know? and this is what I feel like is that most of the things that get stolen from cars now. I mean, at least steal the whole car because the things that get stolen from cars are so cheap. Has anyone ever looked at a Fry's ad in California? You get a great stereo. Gone are the days of an Alpine stereo where you yeah. went and spent like four paychecks on a stereo. Oh, yeah. You got the six by nine. If you spent $100 on a good stereo right now, you've gone to the wrong store. That's true. And so I just don't get it. You pick up a stolen one pretty cheap. Take the whole... The good news about... I'm going to jinx myself right now. (laughs) Right. The good news about my Volkswagen bus... (laughs) Thugs walk by that and go... (laughs) They just laugh at me. Uh, It's more ghetto than they are. So... It's true. Nothing to steal. Oh, I had my Volkswagen bus broken into. They they took the stereo. They took the stereo. Yeah. Yeah. Well, back when uh, Volkswagen buses had decent stereo. Nowadays... I went... I, I put a $60 stereo in my Volkswagen bus... Worth more than most everything else in my Volkswagen bus. True. Sounds great. 60 bucks. Thug can't go. Thug. That's <laughs> his know? name. Thug P. Thuggerson. My girl, all my girlfriend's tires and wheels got stolen off her Civic. You know what kind of wheels they were? Rim. Stock Civic wheels. Yeah. Like the kind that you, you, you pay the, the dealership to keep. But she got some really cool cinder blocks. Yeah. It was milk crates, actually. They put it on milk crates. <laughs> stolen milk crates? Stolen milk crates. Yeah. Well, that's another weird thing. Who steals milk crates? <laughs> Think about that shit. Good question. Yeah. That's a weird dude right there. Yeah. Why do gangsters have four milk crates hanging around? To steal tires. Maybe they like milk. Yeah. All right, here's another one. Uh, Trevor writes in. Mixes with the cough syrup. Greetings, brewcasters. Just wanted to drop you guys a line and say hi. I've been brewing for almost a year now, uh, both the new ones and catching up on the old sessions. I was down at Keystone Homebrew's War of the Worts competition in eastern Pennsylvania on Saturday. Which wort won? It's a fairly big competition. There he was. Almost 850 entrants in 35 oh categories. Wow. The Brewing Network came in third. Yeah. yeah. That's, That's a did. That's right. Yes. Uh, he says, apparently it's the first year that they've had entrants to the Brewing Network because the organizers were laughing about where they would send the trophy if we had won first overall. I'll tell you where. I got an address. Yeah, what's to laugh about? No, it's yeah. not funny. You're not funny. Yeah. You think I'm funny? Are we here to Do amuse I you? amuse you? <laughs> here, let me shove this payphone in your face. Right. Anyway, he says, keep up the good work. He just wanted us to know we did well. Suck at JP from Trevor. You know what, Trevor? That's inappropriate language. There's kids here, and uh, I don't like you. All right. Uh, Beer Belly writes in, after listening to the uh, Brewing Network Awards show... Now every time I hear Tasty say something, I start laughing my ass off because all I hear is Janet Brown, Janet Brown, yep, 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 yep. My entourage mini rollout. Yeah, he says he hears that and my entourage mini rollout. He says it's hilarious. He's also says I'm listening to the podcast right now and Moscow just said the Patriots won the Super Bowl last year. What the fuck? Whoa! Oh, I spoiled it for him. That's from uh, Beer Belly. He's a PFC, he says, in the Latter-day Saints division, Utah. I like our division. I love that they can just come up with their own division names because they're pretty good. They're better than we can do. That is true. I like the Latter-day Saints division. Was he restricted? (laughs) I don't know. He has a couple wives, though. Uh, Let's see. Oh, a big thank you. I got a lot of thank yous this week and a couple of duh from, uh, from people... Uh, best information on a BN broadcast ever 
was last week's introduction of Steel Panther. The band Steel Panther that we played on last week's show. Doc, you missed out on, yeah. the, on the gloriousness that is Steel Panther. And I got a lot of thank yous for that. I also got a heads up from somebody that they still play every week oh, down yeah. in Hollywood. Monday nights. Monday Monday nights. Every Monday yeah. night. So we're going to have to go down there oh, yeah. and check out. If you haven't heard Steel Panther yet, go download some and come thank me later. That's true. It is good. It's good goodness. I told my, my buddy's brother, who's a huge Hesher. Yeah. In the 80s. Yeah. He's like Mr. Big of all things. Wow. Right? Yeah. Um, I was like, dude, this totally reminded me of you. He's like, well, why, first of all? And then he told his friend, I guess his friend got called up on stage by them once for his 50th birthday. Really? At the House of Blues. So a uh, little video of that. Funny dudes, man. Yeah. They're funny. They're good. They're very good. All right. So I got a lot of email about that. And finally, a question for Colin. Um, yeah, let's just do it now. Why not? All right. Hey, Justin, I sent an email to Downtown Joe's with a question for Colin about uh, how he uses his polyclar in hoppy beers. Um, But I just thought I'd send it here, too. I was listening back to the archives uh, of the shows with Colin because I love his approach and the information is great. He mentioned that he uses polyclar for all of his IPAs, but I've seen much discussion about what is the proper way to use it. Can you ask him while you're there today to briefly talk about how he does it? Do you rehydrate it? Does it need to be filtered or just rack it off? Uh, could you dose a corny keg with it and just let it settle out and serve, etc.? Well, first of all, he wants a brief answer, and then he <laughs> asks eight questions. Right. And well, also, he's asking Colin. Well, for a that's brief. also true. <laughs> Might as well ask Sean Paxton about his use of salt. <laughs> what do you think, Colin? Uh, Polyclar AT uh, is a product I use. It's really, really nice for taking out hop hazes. So if you're looking to pull a chill haze out... It's a fining. Uh, it's a fining. Okay. Hello, and, fining. And what, <laughs> it, it works well in conjunction with uh, gelatin or isinglass. Um, I don't really try it without either of those two things. You, you like working both sides? Yeah, yeah, you have to... If you don't work both sides, you're going to end up causing yourself a problem because they're both very aggressive. I've heard yeah. that before. Did Eisenglass work with Gehring, or is that... Uh, Gary Glass works by himself. No, actually, never mind. Okay, so that wasn't good. <laughs> I it was awesome. <laughs> Feel free to ignore those, Colin, and carry oh, yeah. on. Oh, please do. Carry on. So, so um, I, um, so I'm going to talk about how I prepare it with Eisenglass because you end up preparing both findings together. So, what I would do is I would take, uh, for my size, two gallons of water. I would put in eight ounces of Eisenglass um, uh, that's already been pre-gelatinized at the factory. I buy it pre-gelatinized. And then blend that up until it, it, it goes from the consistency of cottage cheese out into the consistency of uh, uh, skim milk. And right when it hits skim milk, you stop and you acidify it. Um, With what? Uh, I... They, they give you citric acid to use. I was going to say citric. Or um, you like lactic? I actually use phosphoric usually because it's like exactly a measurement, 18 milliliters. I can just pour it in and I don't have to uh, guess. Well, and and I don't have to get out the pH meter. Um, it's more either five, eight, too. Five, five eighths of an ounce of citric or, or 18 milliliters of phosphoric. Hits my pH for me with tap water uh, spot on. Um, and then you blend that back in until it, because it, it changes texture again, but you've got to get it back to skim milk. Then you blend that back in. As soon as that's spot on, you put in two more gallons of water. So now that you've got a four-gallon total, and you blend that, and it'll just hit this right consistency. 
it, it, it's kind of like making meringue. You just see the way the top of it's flowing until it's just right. Right when it flows right, um, uh, then you put in the polyclar AT. The problem with polyclar AT is it destroys your mixer. So all you want to do is get it suspended. You want to blend it as short as possible. As soon as you do that, you inject it in right into the middle of a transfer. So if you're going from one tank to another, you try to inject, you know, let's say the transfer is going to take 20 minutes. You try to inject four gallons over 20 minutes right into the middle of the transfer. That mixes it perfectly. It settles so fast that all your hazes will be gone in four hours. Wow. It'll be bright, crystal clear in four hours, and you can either rack off it or serve off it. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You make a pretty hard layer on the bottom. It, you know, it's, it's harder than Isinglass by itself. It's not hard enough that you would take a corny to an event. Okay. You know, but if you're going to leave a corny still uh, and serve off it without moving it around, it's hard enough to do that. So if you so couldn't do it, if you couldn't put it in, in an inline transfer, could you, could you put it into the bottom of your corny as you're about to transfer beer into that? Yeah, that, that works. I've done that. I've okay. also uh, injected it onto the top of a fully carbonated uh, tank of beer. Okay. Um, in a sharp stream. So that it makes it foam. Okay. And, and that tends to evolve enough CO2 that it mixes pretty well. Um, you can do that after a tank's already conditioned. Okay. Um, well, if, if, if you're going to do that and inject it after it's already conditioned, uh, like through the CO2 fitting, say, of a corny keg, um, you might lose a little bit of CO2 and need to bump it up again. I have a beer like that that I could try. I, I forgot to even to put Warflock in this beer. So I have all kinds of haze. I have every kind of haze that you could imagine in this beer. I've got some polyclar you can take home with you. I mean, the beer is unsalvageable drink-wise, but I would be interested to see if I could clear it up just for the fun of using findings. I've never done it before. You know, clear crap. Yeah. So. Well, with the corny, you also have the, the luxury of being able to roll it around and mix it up. You don't. That's true. In, in a tank, I don't. So okay. I'm looking for perfect injection. So really, as long as we get it throughout the solution in, in whatever vessel we're using, it will work fine. We just need to shake it up and get it in there. Yeah, it needs yeah. to be distributed really yeah. well. And you want to make that as easy on yourself as possible. Yeah. Because you don't need to go beat up your beer. Sure. Yeah. No, it'll do that for you later. Yeah. yeah. All right. And that is it for feedback. Feedback was brought to you today by HopTech, HopTech Homebrew in Dublin. You can go to HopTech.com and order online or go see them down in Dublin because they're, they're real cool and a lot of fun. And I guarantee you that you'll get a, a nice, tasty little sample. Little thing. of uh, I don't think they're allowed to serve. So a little sample of something right. that would be related to homebrewing if you went and, and, checked, and checked it out there right. because they're, uh, they're good people down there. HopTech Homebrew, a great sponsor of ours, and they brought you to today's feedback all right here's what we're gonna do we're gonna take a quick break when we come back we're gonna learn about uh, colin and tasty's pale ale find out uh, some interesting information about how that pale ale is made uh in, in particular how it's fined oh yeah and then Why later on we're gonna talk about how to tweak your brewery hang in there it's the session live from downtown <laughs> joe's Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, Push, the new brewery's looking good. Thanks, Fence. Piece by piece. Well, it's fire up. Whoa! Is that a new kettle? Yeah, just got it brand new, but paid half price. What? And that blade scale? 40% off. 
The new tap handle? Five bucks instead of 13. Got a new regulator for the brew stand, too, but five bucks instead of 25. Dude, where are you stealing all this stuff from? Where else? The more beer deal of the day. Announcing the Beer, Beer, and More Beer Deal of the Day. Every day, a new fantastic deal from big items to small that will blow you away. Boil kettles, carboy carriers, sterile siphon starters, digital timers. Watch morebeer.com every day for a new deal, and you just might find the item you've been waiting for at a price you cannot believe. Hurry, because stock is limited on most items. And that sweet Guinness cap, let me guess. The, the more beer, beer deal, deal of, of the day. day. Yeah, I knew it. Come on, let's brew something. Find the more beer deal of the day at morebeer.com. Celebrity voices impersonated. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his tail wagon amber ale and double secret probation IPA, are the perfect accent to river Side dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer, food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Uh... White Labs. It's all in the vial. Since 1921, Munton's has been a provider of quality malted grain and extract. What did he just say? That's 90 years of locally sourced grain for home brewers and professional brewers alike. All farm within 50 miles of our malt houses. What? I can't understand what this guy said. Last part. Whole and crushed malts, including wheat and peated malt, liquid extract, hopped and unhopped, as well as dried malt extract. Everything from beginner home brewer kits to all the ingredients an infant home brewer needs. Something about trains? What? Language is this guy speaking? He's from Austria. Mundens is proudly serving brewers in 54 countries and honored to be a leader in malting. Can you understand this guy? No. <laughs> That's a really free language. Ah! Ask for Muntins Malt and Malt Extract at your local home brew shop! Muntins. For brewing, distilling, and baking. Quality malted grain and extract for 90 years. Make your malt Muntins. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. 
Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams malt extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Welcome back to the program. We're live from Downtown Joe's this week. Uh, always a good time for us to come out and hang with Colin and his staff. Uh, please tip your bartenders and your servers. They're uh, the nicest people in the room. They're, they're, they're your best friends, and they deserve it. Always take good care of us over here. And uh, come on out to Downtown Joe's if you're still thinking about it. Uh, you got plenty of time. This tends to be a four-hour show. And, and when Colin gets going, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like a... Well, you like, heard that at last explanation, right? <laughs> it's like, all right, Colin, why don't we just do our next week's show from here, too? <laughs> do a Monday but show. I, you know, if somebody asks me a technical question, like, how do you do it? Well, you just drop into production mode. It's like, well, this is what I do. I don't think about it, but this is what I do. Well, and, and here's the good news about Colin's explanations. Just before we get into this beer, Colin's finally writing a book. Yeah? You know, and... and Although, I know he's going to tell me right now. Actually, I've written seven books. He's always got some, no. s- some surprise. <laughs> yeah. This is my first attempt at writing a book. It is. And, and with John Palmer's help, I know we will succeed. Right. The last yeah, That's right. It's Colin and John Palmer. Yeah. And they're writing about water chemistry, right? Yeah, that's right. Do you know the title uh-huh. of the book yet? Water. Oh. Yeah, how about that? That makes sense. Now, so so Jamil just wrote yeast. Uh, Jamil and Chris. <laughs> they wrote yeast. You guys are writing water. We're writing water. And, yeah. and, and did, then did there's John... also barley, and then there's going to be hops. Or really? Actually, I think hops is going to come first, and then there's going to be barley. Oh, it's a so whole series. Uh, it's, it's a, a whole series, series of four books. Yeah. I wonder if there's going to be anything that can put me to sleep faster than, <laughs> than a book water. about water. You know, they say if you can't unwind at night that you should read for an hour, and maybe yeah. water is that book for you and me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, not that, uh, you know... Uh, my friends are boring, <laughs> but right. uh, it's just not a topic that I could ever really get in. I couldn't. I can't get into it. I cannot get into chemistry. I can't get into all that garbage. I what? think it's it's like you, you know what? I, I don't want to read about it. I want you to tell me how to do it right. and write a little thing, and then uh, and then come and do it for me, and then I, I'll have a beer. I, I think wrenches are really boring, but I still pick them up and use them when I need to. <laughs> Wrenches so, are. I've had some, the best point. conversation I've had <laughs> so, have been with wrenches. So I am hoping that when we're done with the uh, book on water, yeah. that you will look at it like the wrench that is helping you make better beer. Well, I'm sure for most people that will be the case. Jamil has now <laughs> yeah. written two books that I carry in my store. I haven't looked at any of them. I read the acknowledgments because he, he put me in them. Yeah. <laughs> no, if you want, uh, Colin, I am no. available to write the forward oh. to your book. Oh, good. Yeah. JP so offers this to everybody, that. by the way. I do. I well, because I want someday someone to uh, really take me seriously. <laughs> Wait, we, like, we were actually yeah. going to have you write the appendices, but then we were going to take it out. <laughs> 
Well, like it was too bloated, Colin. You want to follow up with that one? So, how is the book coming along, Colin? Are you guys have you started? Yeah, we we've actually been working on it for more than a year. Okay. So there's there's a lot of work that's gone into it. Um, uh, John did a really good job of putting together an outline. Um, because if I would have outlined it, I was going to outline it like a college textbook. Yeah. And he outlined it like a homebrewing book. And the first time I read the outline, I was like just taken aback, like, I don't know how I'm going to make this work. And then the next time I read it, it was like, I see the brilliance in this. Right. So we've been working from that outline ever since. And now we're at the point where we're making the outline into outlines of chapters. Um uh, to, to try to blow it all up into what's going to be the text. Because we know what we need to say. Now we're just trying to figure out how to say it. Okay. And I'm thinking that we'll be submitting uh, uh, some pretty completed uh, chapters around, like maybe even an entire complete book around within about three months. Wow. And in August, uh, uh, we'll be submitting that back to the publisher. Okay. Um, uh, for... For some approval. For review. Yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm already trying to figure out, okay, well, we need this diagram that does this, and we need this table of charts that does this, and yeah. and we need to reference these sources. And okay. I'm trying to work on the, the, the boring technical stuff that goes behind a book that everybody takes for granted. Sure. Um, because it's a lot of work in itself. Yeah. Uh, just a just a layout of a book, and like you say, the outline. I mean, if it's outlined anything like how to brew, uh, it'll be great. I mean, I think Palmer did an excellent job with the had the readability of that book. So, and if the pictures you know, it, it, in it are better than uh, anything like how to brew, it's going to be even better. <laughs> the pictures in how to brew are so rad. It's like nineteen eighty five pictures of John Palmer yeah. with a cooler in his kitchen. Can you have a couple of those? I, yeah. Wait, you know what I love about how to brew is I read it. The first time it came to print. Okay. So I mean, it, it it might have well have come out of a typewriter. It was it was right. it was self published. You know, there was uh, Brewers Association wasn't involved or anything. Yeah. And and Chris gave it to me and he said, "I'm not really sure about some of the technical details in here. Can you read this? Can we sell it? Okay. You know, I have more beer. Yeah. And and so I read it and I had some issues with it. You know. I, I read it fast, and, and so I had some issues with it, and I was like, well, I've got these issues, I've got these issues, I've got these issues. Well, Chris just forwarded them directly to John. Oh, right. And I, I'm thinking that, you know, this is a conversation between Chris and I. <laughs> forwards them directly to John. John corrects them immediately. Wow. Um, uh, and corrects them not to what I want, but corrects them to what the current literature says. Takes it as serious criticism. Goes, looks it all up, corrects it. Goes even better, further. Better than I could have done, right? I see. And, and uh, uh, I don't get to read it again until no. about two months ago, John and I were working on the book, and I said, you know, I haven't read anything but edition number one the first thing that came out right like, oh really it's changed a lot since then <laughs> and he sends me a, a very nice autographed copy and he says ah, go ahead and read it at your book nice. your so. then he makes a sword and stabs you with it so it, it, yeah. it is it is so much nicer now than the first edition so well, and that gives still, you an idea of how long he's been working on it and he really takes criticism well and he wants it to be the you know the best source of information he doesn't want to bullshit anybody he did a Bruce Strong him and Jamil just recently where he made some updates to the water show that they had done in the past and the water portion I think of his how to brew based on the research that the two of you are doing right now he's discovered more and he went back and he said hey I gotta just make a little amendment to our water show because I'm learning new stuff with Colin and and in the course of all of this we're trying to you know dot uh, I's and cross T's right. we're both learning that's so, great you know, the- any idea when the book will be uh, published 
I'm assuming if they're looking for a manuscript in August, that yeah. they're trying to get it out for Christmas. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, that'll be great. Uh, yeast. Then we'll have water, and then next hops, and then and then bar. That's that's. What about drinking? Let's. You and I wrote a book called Drinking. You know, people have said to me, you know, why don't you, you know you guys have trouble with income? Whatever. You should write a book. And I'm like, what the hell do you want me to write about? What am I going to write about? Let's drinking, write a book called drinking. Drinking could be it, JP. Drinking. And then... And then drinking. Can, can we, can we hey, drinking? <laughs> drinking. No, no, no. It's going it. to be titled Beer Appreciation. I could do that. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. A.K.A. A.K.A. Drinking. Drinking. <laughs> yeah. Each one should and, come and with and a pint glass. A soliloquy on drinking. In the beginning, you can say we wanted to call this book Drinking. <laughs> right. <laughs> but we thought it would sell better if we called it Beer Appreciation. Right. <laughs> Actually, we should just write it on a pint glass. So it's a pint glass <laughs> and just like a line or two about how to drink. Right. And then you just sell the pint glass as a book. Seventeen ninety five, motherfucker. You're not as dumb as uh, as you look, JP. As, or feel. As I feel real dumb a lot. It could be the first book on glass. Book on books on glass. Book, book, book on glass. On glass. <laughs> there you go, baby. I'm all over it. All right. Million let's talk. Idea. Let's talk about uh, the new pale ale, which I didn't. I didn't. I should have ordered at the break. What's uh, it called? Sierra Nevada. Is that what this is called? I think so. The last show we were here with Colin, it was uh, the first rendition of Tasty and Colin's Pale Ale. That's right. And uh, if you don't recall, uh, Colin has enlisted Tasty's help to help him uh, come up with a new pale ale recipe that will be the the final for now recipe uh, of pale ale for downtown Joe's. And you started the process. We talked about it last time. This, I guess, is the third incarnation of the uh, pale ale? That isn't what I have, but yeah. Oh. The, the uh, third is incarnation is on tap, and okay. I'll, I'll get somebody to send us some. Do you want to update us on the second incarnation? Because we only talked about the first. Okay, but let, let's uh, talk about what the goals are, because keeping the goals in mind is key to making any project successful. Okay. So here, here. The, the goal was to make a light pale ale that was crisp and refreshing, yet reminded you of hops, without tasting like an IPA. Which is what I like about this project. And, and, and yeah, so, it, so every time, if I were to do it, it would just become more and more like an IPA until it was an IPA. Yeah. And because that's what I want to drink. I drink IPAs. <laughs> I do, right now I'm sitting here with a double IPA talking about our pale ale recipe. Right. So, Which uh, you won't be able to taste when, when, we, when we bring it over. <laughs> well, fortunately, I've gotten all sorts of chances because it's okay. been on tap now for about 10 days. So, uh, okay. Uh, so... Hopefully, I will uh, make an effort at speaking knowledgeably about it. Sure. Um, so, what was in edition two that was not in edition one? What changes did you make? Well, the main thing that uh, we, we one of the things when you're doing six batches is you can take some big risks. And so, in edition one, we took a big risk and we decided to get a large amount of the color contribution from honey malt. Oh, that's right. I remember that. And, yeah. and JP took issue with that, I remember. And, 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 and took he, a little bit of issue, but, you know. And, and JP wasn't the only person. Uh, Kim right. Wood did. Um, and, and some other people who I've come to really trust as tasters okay. took issue. And, and, while and JP. I, <laughs> and, well, and, and JP as well. Yeah. Um, uh, so, so we had a few, you know, both on the air and off the air uh, issues with the amount of honey we use, and and we kind of decided, well, do we want to just take it all away, okay, or do we want to take half of it away and see if that sneaks by? Um, but what we decided to do was take it all away and then try to blend it. I see. Um, Which, however, uh, none was surviving when we went to go blend it, so you we mean, didn't get to do that. You mean blend batch one with with batch two? Right. I see. 
And, and just to see if we liked half better, if we liked whatever. So, oh, I see. You can answer both questions in one shot. That's right. Okay. Unfortunately, uh, uh, the bar drinks beer as fast as I can make it, so there was nothing. N- left. N- there was none surviving. <laughs> um, so, so Batch we, two had no honey malt in it. No, we replaced it with a crisp C seventeen, which is the lightest caramel malt from crisp malting. Okay. Um, very British tasting. Um, uh, not very raisiny, not very caramely, nothing that would overpower what we were trying to, to leave as a clean palate for the mm. hops. And, and what percent are we talking? What was the honey malt that got replaced? It was like 5%. Five, right? Okay. Yeah. yeah, it was. That's what Tasty was saying, too. It was, it was 20 pounds and about a 400-pound grist, so yeah. 5%. Okay. All right, so you just went then 5% of this C-17. That's right. Yeah. Had you ever used the C-17 I use before? it all the time. Oh, you do? Okay. So that's a malt. Honey, I don't, I don't know a lot about. But the C-17 I know really, really well. Okay. And so, for me, it was like a no-brainer substitution. I knew I was going to like the beer. Um, uh, and that was the only change. Other than that, we left it the same. Okay. Both batches ended up with having a dry hop haze because we're using lots of dry hops. And so, batch number three, my main concern was trying to make it taste like batch number two, but... It should be bright and clear. All right, stand by. I, I don't want you to go to that yet because this, this is good stuff. I want to know the flavor differences and, and if you liked it better in one and two, between one and two without that honey malt. Yeah, I did. You did. And, was and, it just less sweet? Yeah. No, it, it was... Honey has a unique... The honey malt has a unique character. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's sort of like... You know, your redheaded stepchild, uh, sorry, Jenny Blewett, um, <laughs> that you either love it or you hate it. Okay. And, and, uh, <laughs> and, and it, I, I loved it. I thought, I thought the honey was just fine, but it polarized people. They either loved it or they hated it. Yep. Well, you don't want to polarize people on a beer that's going to be one of your best sellers. Yeah. So I needed to find something that people said, oh, I really like it, or, well, I'm not sure if I like it. Not, I that, really like it, and I really hate it. I see. And So, so it's it did, unlike radio, because we prefer love or hate. But in beer, I can see your point. You want yeah, Middle you want ground it. is much better than hate. <laughs> right. Mi- mi- middle ground is better than hate, unless you're making something that you're only selling as a small part of your menu, like my double IPA. Okay. When people come in and say, gosh, you know, I'm a really avid Coors Light drinker, and I just hate your double IPA. You know it's you've like, done it right. That's not a problem. <laughs> yeah. 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 Okay. For me, I thought it, it, it just took me out of the fact that it was a pale ale, and then you're kind of figuring, what is this flavor that doesn't really fit in? My opinion for, uh, of, of a honey mall. I figured it, I, I find it goes more in uh, kind of darker beers. I used to put it in my porter a lot, okay. like half a pound in five gallons, and it came out, you know, decent. You know, it was, it was fine, but I think in a pale ale, it was, it was just there wasn't a whole lot of things to kind of balance it out. But I'll be yeah. honest with you. I think you were spot on, JP. Yeah. It, not in just that it had a sweetness, but that it had a character that just didn't fit. Right. It didn't make sense with the rest of the beer. I yeah. really think you were spot on with that one. Thank you. Yeah. And it was the first. Yeah. I just want to put that out there. <laughs> yeah. So you and, and, and Tasty, did you like Batch 2 better without the honey malt as yeah, well? Yeah, yeah. The, def- yeah, the honey malt uh, was like 5%. That's, that's quite a bit. Uh, maybe in a smaller quantity, you could have added an accent. Okay. But really, the, as soon as you can taste it, it's probably you already got too much in there. So. Okay. <laughs> well, but, and, and we haven't, I haven't like, given up on it. Yeah, we haven't given up on it. We, right. did, like, we did like that beer. But. Now, so, but it wasn't the perfect pale ale still. It, it, no. There were other problems. Now you've taken, you fixed that problem. You had batch two with the C17. What were the other problems? What didn't, uh, you talked about haze. Yeah. Uh, well, what, what about recipe? The, 
you know, the hot bill we've kind of been happy with from the beginning. I yeah, think I think great. I think Mike and I have both used enough of these uh, hops that we're using, uh, which is uh, Chinook bittering, uh, Cascade and and Centennial uh, as flavor and aroma. Okay. Um, I, I think we've used them enough that we understand them. Sure. And and so I, I, the hot bill has never been an issue to us. We always knew we just needed to build the right malt backbone. Yeah, it's all about the malt and the pale ale. At least what we're trying to do, which is have something that's more balanced, that has a malt malt statement to make. Okay. So the hops have to get out of the way to, for that to happen. Okay. I'm, you know, the sun just got eclipsed. Sean must be standing above us. Yeah, it's seven um, foot Sean Paxton just came in <laughs> with Olivia. With Olivia. Yeah. Hi, Olivia. So this now in batch three, what changes did you make from batch two? You only made a single change in batch two, which, by the way, is something that we've always recommended if you're trying to fix problems in your beer. Don't make too many variables. Uh, you know, well, for yourself. Well, let me add another, uh, uh, and that's this is more of a brewery management issue um, with with producing batch two and batch three. We didn't quite have enough poundage of the uh, hops to actually follow the hop recipe exactly. Okay. So there were some little minor substitutions that happened. Okay. Like I had enough Cascade whole, but not enough Cascade pellet. Um, so I had to substitute, uh, which I normally don't do. Normally, once I'm once the recipe calls for pellet, I use pellet. Okay. Um, so there there were a couple of little minor variations, but I think they were minor. Um, this one, my big concern was I wanted it crystal clear, and I I will not use a filter. I don't believe in filtration. Okay. Um, I keep all my beer on the property cold. It doesn't need to be filtered for shelf stability. I'm going to sell it in three or four weeks. And it's going to be served fresh. It's never going to have been warm. It's never going to be sitting on a distributor, um, a floor, forgotten to put into a walk-in, sure. or out on some shelf warm at some store. That's not the kind of brewery I run. It stays right here. That's it got to be a good right feeling, here. though. To, you know what I mean? That's got to be kind of cool. That you know it, it, you have 100% control of everything you're doing. If, if yeah. you're you a know control exactly freak, it's a really good feeling. Yeah. Well, if, yeah, for yeah. you, it's, it's a really good feeling. Yeah. Um, so I, but I did want it to come out crystal clear. And and I knew that I had a chill haze, uh, and I knew that the chill haze was from a very large uh, late hop edition hmm. and a very large dry hop edition. So that the which all the books tell me should be from polyphenols um, extracted from the hops. Polyphenols are the character that you would call tea-like. Yeah, and I've learned that if you can take out that haze, not only does it remove the haze, but it removes a tea-like quality that distracts from the bright aromas okay. that, that you want from the hop. So I knew if I could get it clear, it would taste better, it would look better, I would be happier with it. So a chill haze necessarily isn't like a protein issue. It's, no, it's, it's just polyphenols, right? From 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 hops. Usually, if you're brewing West Coast style beers right. and you have a chill haze, you're much more likely to have it be hop derived. Uh, than any other way. And and I was pretty sure, because this was the most late hop additions we did in any low-gravity beer, that, that that was why this beer was particularly hazy. Is that an issue? I mean, because you just specified in, in a low-gravity beer. So if you did this many hop additions in a beer, maybe that had two more percent alcohol... I, I wouldn't have a haze issue. You wouldn't have a haze issue. Really? No. Why not? The gravity will drop. It has an effect on that. Yeah, because I'm using more barley, I get more of a very magic ingredient that helps with polyphenol hazes. Pixie dust. 
no, protein. Oh. So the more protein you have, the more polyphenols you can deal with and settle out. Because in it fact, you need, to, right, you need right, to balance. Right. Or, or my theory is, um, uh, and, and let me let me just say right now for the hundred emails I'm going to get about what technical <laughs> journal I pulled this out of. I pulled this out of my ass. And, and I, <laughs> the journal of my ass. Yeah. I'm on the board of uh, directors for that. It's a pretty good one. Yeah. Um, uh, I actually believe, and, and I think that there's evidence to support this, that, that um, if you match the amount of proteins you have with the amount of polyphenols you extract, you make a very large complex molecule that wants to settle in aging, and you don't have clarity issues. Um, so, so, so I wanted to add more protein without adding more gravity. Well, but so you're you're the uh, you're the findings king that we know. So you just added findings to this beer, didn't you? No, I decided that findings. Uh, I don't. I'm not, I'm not using polyclar at all right now. Uh, as you can see in my double IPA, it's not crystal clear. Yeah. Um, I'm not using polyclar at all right now um, because I stopped using Isinglass. Because the product I used to buy isn't available in the U.S., and I had a lot of pressure to be vegan and vegetarian. Okay. And Isinglass and gelatin aren't vegan or vegetarian. Right. I see. Right, they're and, from and midgets, I think. Right? So I decided instead yeah, of just replacing fine. the product I can't use and learning a brand new product, why not? Let's just use all vegan alternatives. Okay. You are so Californian now. I, I am. I, I, just, I you know. You know, I, I almost own a Volkswagen bus. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel comfortable carrying growlers of your beer in my bus now. Now that you're all vegan, that was fine, man. Speaking of ridiculous vegan, I went to an all vegan Mexican restaurant <laughs> the other night. How, How Californian is that? Yeah, I can one. I can one up you. It was ridiculous. All vegan Mexican food. I've been to an all vegan sushi place. <laughs> this is. We're getting out of hand here. Yeah. All right. So, what did you do, uh, Colin, to to make your beer all vegan? But this is a very clear pale ale. What'd you do? I, well, I, I, so I decided what was the highest protein malt I had, okay. and and that turns out that uh, malted red wheat out of England is the highest protein malt that I keep in inventory regularly. So wheat. So wheat. But red wheat, wheat out of England. Wheat. But yeah. wheat beers are cloudy. They uh, add they're cloudy because they don't put enough hops in. Ah, okay. well, or they're cloudy because they put in too much protein. You choose. You choose. So I'm just trying to get it all clear here. So protein. <laughs> you figure it out. So, so, great. That's really what that means. Gives me another year worth yeah. of content. You're not choosing shit. You just figure it out for them. Put so, one out of your ass. Yes. <laughs> so protein will drop out. The chill haze. I, I, I believe that is my belief. More protein, and, and, and I'm not the first. I, it wasn't a original idea to me. Okay. Um, I did hear about this from other brewers. I did find some supporting evidence in literature, but nobody's ever just written a paper that said if you have this much protein and this much chill haze, it's okay. all going to settle out and it's going to be fine. And but you did look at that. The proteins will help the chill haze. So you so you looked at your grains and you said, okay, the the most proteins I can put in 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 smaller quantities because you didn't want to change your malt bill too much is this red wheat out of England. That I use 27 and a half pounds, so a little bit, about 6%. So despite the fact that we think wheat beers, that wheat adds haze to a beer, you thought, well, it's got the most protein, so that's the one I'm going to use. Because it's going to balance the, it's going to be the opposite charge for the charge that comes from the hop haze. And what did our man Tasty say when you proposed this idea to him? Okay, Colin, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> is that true, Tasty? I'm sure what I say is, I like wheat and 
in all my beers. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what it's doing in there, but I always put it in. For sure, yeah. So this People ask not... me all the time, what are you putting, what's this pound of wheat for? No, no, no. I always say, like, oh, head retention. Right. Now I have a lot more to say. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, well, did you have the same reaction I'm having? Did you think, well, you really you're going to add wheat to get to make your beer clear? Did you yeah, think yeah, I, this way? No, I didn't think that way. Before. Yeah, yeah, okay. Here's my here's my uh, theory, my hypothesis on Colin, okay, and why he's a brewer is because he doesn't work in a brewery. He works in a laboratory, right? And so he can just change stuff and experiment. Whatever he wants to do. Sure, yeah. Uh, it's probably the the uh, largest working laboratory. Colin, as far as like selling like a product in a brewery. Right? It, it's right. the most successful pri- pilot brewery. That, right, exactly. <laughs> right. That's, yeah. right. Now, you know what I'm saying? Because he can he can mess with all this kind of stuff, and, and he has a thought, which he does uh, often. <laughs> and, uh, and, and he can come in and, and, and change it. Yeah. And I feel like if he didn't have that, he wouldn't work here. Yeah, I think you know if I mean? he worked at a brewery that he just had to brew the same beer all the time, he'd yeah. become a heroin addict. Because <laughs> he was so bored out of his mind. Well, he knows he could do it. He'd be fine. So he'd figure out a better way to be a heroin addict. So, t- <laughs> so exactly. I kind of want to talk to you after. I got a couple theories on that. So, Tasty, you did you you signed off on it though. You you listened oh, yeah, to Colin's sure, yeah. logic oh, and yeah. you thought, okay, yeah, a little bit of re- like reverse thinking, but I was okay. Yeah, okay, I trusted him. So, <laughs> when and I. I, I, I it was clear. Now I, it is clear. Proof is I, in the I, can, I can read newsprint across a pint glass in it. That's pretty good. And I'm sure you tested that too, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I can read the no. Like, yeah, yeah, I can read so Chinook on the sign yeah. behind me right there. Yeah. <laughs> Look at what Garfield's doing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So is that so? You changed that. You added wheat. What percent of this? You said 27 pounds. Is that yeah, what you said? 20, 27 pounds. So it's about six percent, six and a half percent. Wheat. Anything else on the grain bill change for Red, batch three? Uh, uh, but between batch one yeah. and batch two, we also cut out about a sack of grain. So we, we lowered it from about 5.7 to about 5.3% alcohol. Okay. And we decided that was a good change. It took yeah. it, it started taking it out of that. Because an English IPA starts at almost 5.859. So we wanted to pull it back even farther. Yeah, so yeah. we did that between batch one and batch two as well. Okay. And we kept that in here. And I, and I, I, I think it's it's getting it's becoming more quaffable. Okay. Yeah. I think we're at a good median point for this project. I think you can go lower. Well, it could be a little uh, less hoppy. I'm just saying. I want it to be quaffable. You know, I'm with Tasty on that. My my complaint about this beer, and by the way, the wheat worked. It's very clear. Yeah, it's really good. My beer. complaint about this beer is now the hopping. It's a little cheesy. The mm. hops are a little cheesy, and they. They take away from the quaffability. If you've got a nice, what'd you say, 5.2% beer, I am liking the where the malt is at, but I feel that the hops are getting in the way just a little bit. Now, you know that I'm a big sissy now when it comes to hops, so take that with a grain of salt. Well, no, no, it's really important. But because that's my first crit. That's the first thing I thought when I tasted it was a little too cheesy, a little in the way of the beer. Um, cheesy hmm. might be old hops, so we'll, we'll review which uh, batches of hops got used. Okay. Um, because as soon as I hear cheesy, I think old hops. Okay. And I do have some hops from 08, so I'll make sure none were used. But I don't um, know if you mean in an old hop way, because I, I can kind of get the, 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 the same thing, but sometimes when I think of that word cheesy, it's really just like pellet hop. Yeah, you know, so I think it's just the 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 flavor and aroma combination. You might be right. Kind of get that <laughs> because I don't. Think it's I don't old hop, yeah, but, it, you know. it's not moldy. It doesn't no. taste moldy to me, and it's not mm. musty. It. So you might be right. I don't know that it's an the, aged the, hop issue. The great aged hop flavor descriptor is Parmesan cheese. 
Yeah, I don't think it's an age no, thing. I, don't I think get that. It, I think it's just a harshness. Yeah. And and I don't get bitterness yeah. harshness. Not an annoying. No. But just the general. So, so, level so of I bitterness. think that's accurate, Tasty. I think you're right. It's I'm not getting Parmesan cheese. So, so it's just harsh. So I would say then we cut down the 30 minute hop edition next. Yeah, because I, I think the this so edition, far this so far is the same hops as batch number one. You haven't altered the hops yet. Yeah, not enough to that you, you would just to make yeah. up for what you had in stock. Yeah, a little right. bit of that. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. I would say the middle is too bold in this beer. That's yeah. I would yeah, say I would, I would say, say if we were going to subtract hops, that was where we would start. I like that. And then we would brew a batch, and then we'd see how that changed how our finished hops were. There you go. Now this is kind of in line with with a lot of things you've been saying lately, Tasty, isn't it? Where these middle hops aren't so much. Is it you that kind of been saying these middle hops aren't so much? the big deal anymore. It's kind of the bittering and then get them in at the end. Uh, yeah, yeah. Everybody's skipping the middle of it. Yeah. Using large charges at the end. Now that the hop prices have come down. I mean, before they were using big charges at the beginning to, yeah, yeah. to get it all there. But now, yeah, now uh, later the better. Yeah. Okay. Too much in the middle. Oh, and while we're talking hops, in, in any case, um, I, I want to give all of our listeners a warning. Um, hops are going to get a little nutty for about six months. Um, and Amarillo's going to stay nutty uh, all the way through next year. By so, nutty, are you talking about flavor or cost? Uh, cost. Oh, okay. So cost and availability. Um, so if there's some hops that you're really married to, um, uh, get pick, divorced. Pick, pick, pick up a couple of pounds. Okay. Um, from Nico Brew or from, any of our fine sponsors. Right. Uh, and actually, uh, uh, Nico Brew is helping me source a couple of hops that are unavailable to me right now. Um, so okay. he, he not only helps out small brewers, he helps out uh, uh, sm- uh, small breweries right. as well. Okay. So now if you're going to cut in half on the next batch, this 30-minute edition, will you add that half to the end or no. will you just remove it? I'll remove it. Yeah. And yeah. you're with that too, Taste. Sure. Yeah. Will you just change that one thing about this beer or is there something else you're unhappy about in batch three? You know, I want to sit down with Mike. We're going to brew this the next batch tomorrow. I've got uh, two uh, BN listeners out there in the audience now um, uh, who aren't listening to us at all. Um, but I'll wave to them anyways. What did um, it... What did that it, are going to come in tomorrow, and we're going to brew the next batch. Of oh, pale. you are? Okay. Yeah. So tomorrow already? Tomorrow. What did this beer finish out at? I don't, I don't have my terminal? notes in front of me. Can you estimate? Ten, maybe? Eight? It's, it's yeah, nine or ten. Pretty low. Yeah. Nine, nine or ten, I would say. Yeah, I was sh- I'm shooting for nine. Because I feel like there's still a sweetness in there. I wonder if that's the C17 at work. Yes. Yeah. No. But you said that that's the lightest of the C's, of the crystals. Right. So from there, we would start cutting that out. You would. Yeah. But you would. would go with one change on this next batch-ish to well, keep it, and then maybe do the C next time? How good are you at tasting? Do you think you can taste the difference between the hop character you don't like and the malt character that's a little sweet? I'm going to be honest with you. I, I don't. I don't think you should trust my palate that much. If, if I think I can. Yeah. Then I'll do two changes. Okay. If I don't think I can, then I'll do one change. Okay. And, and first thing in the morning tomorrow, uh, before I have any coffee, yeah. I'll come in and actually do a full sensory on the beer. Okay. And and set into stone what I want to do. Well, if you want uh, the Wonder Kids' opinion over here, because yeah. I just seem to call them left and right. Go ahead, Tracy. What? Is what? that it? That's who you meant? Oh, you no, meant you. No, oh, me. You. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. I thought you had an opinion. <laughs> no, I, I yeah. try not to. Uh, go um, on. I would like to see it at a 4.5 alcohol. I think it's a little too much for me, uh-huh. personally, for a, a pale ale. And maybe take the hops down 10%. But as of right now, as, as a beer like this, I think the hop level is fine. 
I actually really enjoy it. But you want the alcohol to be lower. But I want the alcohol to be a little lower. Like four, like four and a half would be would, would be fine. Personally, maybe hey. I like four. But I think five is, uh, I, I don't know, I think uh, a session beer, and I don't know if you're trying to go for a session beer or not, but it should no, be that's under, what we want. under 5%, I feel. I, I, I really think that people make a mistake I, if they do a session beer at 5%. I, I do a, I, we do have a 4.2% beer here that really becomes the session go-to. Um, so I do have to space it away from that. Yeah, well, four or five. As I, as I get older, I'm probably going to start to agree with JP as I start to sissify day by day. But I still, actually, and, and, and I think he's right by the standard of session beer on, on the books. That's what it says. That's what it's closer to. This is my opinion. I'm happy with a 5 or 5.2 in, in a session beer category. I, I, I'm comfortable I, with it. So I, I, think I think you're right I there. Too. I think I think, you know, anything below 5.5. Five, in my mind, is something that I'll drink without thinking about it. Yeah. Um, right. But you it, and I, you know... Well, I, we but I normally drink 9% beer. So for me, <laughs> you know, 5%, well, here's, that might as well be one. Here's the challenge. Yeah. If you think that craft beer is really all about flavor, and that's what you're going for is quality and flavor, it shouldn't matter what your alcohol percentage is. So you could make a lower alcohol beer and be totally fine with it, and you could drink a lower alcohol beer and be totally fine. I think a good portion of craft beer... Drinkers, craft beer drinkers, uh, they say they're craft beer drinkers, and they are because the alcohol is six and over. Yeah. But I feel if you're really a craft beer uh, enthusiast and you're supporting your local craft brewery and you're all about the flavor and the taste and the passion for the the nonsense, um, you would be drinking a lower alcohol beer. I, I just I feel that in my in my in my in my soul. I feel that in my heart. You'd be living um, the craft beer lifestyle. You'd, You'd be living. I'm getting choked up. You'd be living the no nonsense craft beer lifestyle. Yeah. I, I I just feel it in this area, my breasts. All right, leave them alone. Okay. Well, I, I I really do uh, uh, think that in order to be a successful craft brewery, you have to date your styles that you're offering in the house. Okay. I have nine yes. beers on tap, and they range from 4.2 to 9 percent alcohol, and it's really important to say, okay, I want my brown ale to be this percentage of alcohol because not only are the malt flavors different but also but also the hot flavors are different and the alcohol level is different right yes i'm um, not saying every beer should be under uh, you know that's not, no, that's not what i mean but I, so, I agree with you you need to space that out so so when i look at this i want it to be a little bit more in alcohol than my amber and a lot more alcohol than my wheat okay uh, but nowhere near as much as any of my like my porter or, or or even bigger, my IPA. Okay. And certainly a long ways from my double IPA. So I, I'm looking yes. at a nine product line and going around five, two, five, three is really where it fits the best. That uh, makes sense. Uh, uh, to keep uh, a wide variety of customers happy. Okay. That makes sense. Well, you're getting there, and I like this beer, but I'm not I'm not satisfied yet, as I as I know you're not either. I'm, I will never be satisfied with any of my beers. <laughs> well, no, and anybody so who knows me realizes <laughs> yeah. how that works. Well, because there's so much to change. That's my point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You work in a laboratory. <laughs> That's what it is. Pale is a hard style to brew. I mean, you, oh, yeah. It's, yeah. Just, it's like a fine balancing point there. Yeah. We might have... Stepped over it here in this one a little bit on the towards the hot side. We'll bring that back in. Uh, we could bring the alcohol in as well, you know. Yeah, it went more in line. Well, well I, I certainly I love think trying them. The difference between batch one and batch two, alcohol wise, was a big, big yeah. improvement. Right. 
And I think the difference yeah. between batch one and batch three, they're, they're two different beers. They completely uh, are. And two different I'm really enjoying the comparisons. I yeah. like it. If, yeah. if you were to read the recipes between batch one and batch three, you'd go, did you really change anything? Right, right. They're really very close recipes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. They look very similar on paper, yeah. Okay, well, in a small brewery and certainly in a home brewery, it doesn't take that much of a change to make a different beer, you know? Uh, so, all right, good stuff. I do have a question for you from the chat room before we move on. Um, it, it's back to clarifying. And uh, a listener in the chat room has asked, would a step mash uh, or, or decoction screw up the clarifying effects of wheat? Well, a big protein rest is going to break up all that protein. So, yeah, a big protein rest would. So maybe this this wheat theory, at which is, is proven in this beer, uh, at least in this beer, only works with a single infusion, not too much of a protein rest. I I don't think there's any reason to do a protein rest at okay. all. So the I, idea I mean, here is to get protein in. So well, I, I no, I don't think there's any uh, modern malting. Malting is a science that is as sophisticated as brewing. Okay, that has evolved as long as brewing. Those guys are, are as smart as the smartest brewers you've ever known, only they don't get any credit for anything that, that, that gets right. made. Yeah. Uh, we all care they, about all they do is deliver sacks of grain. <laughs> and yet these guys study this crap as much as brewers do. They're as sharp as brewers are. The, the tradition is as long as brewing. Okay. Um, and what they've done is they've taken the need away from us doing a protein rest. They do that protein modification in the malt house. Great. So when we do it now, we make these watery, thin beers that have no head retention. Right. Why? Why would you do a protein rest at all? I wouldn't. I'm too lazy to do it anyway. So I, I, I don't even know I, what it means. I've tried it, and uh, I haven't tried it here, but I've tried it as a home brewer. Yeah. And I don't like it. Okay. It, it makes my beers watery, thin, and and with no head retention. Okay. Yeah. Good enough. All right, we've got to take a break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to talk um, uh, about uh, tweaking your brewery to make better beer, uh, as you've been tweaking this beer. But before we take the break, very quickly, is it true, Colin, that there might be a, a baby coming into the world tonight that has something to do with you and your wiener? Well, I, I, I have two really big announcements to, to make tonight. The, the, the One is the, I had sex. The, the, <laughs> <laughs> the first of which is uh, I, I might have to run off the air at any moment uh, because my child, my wife was having contractions all night long last night. Really? But she hasn't had any today. Okay. So, but so she had them last night. But she had them all night actually for and about three nights in a row. And that wasn't just you screwing around. That was her having a real contraction. Um, is she listening? <laughs> okay. So, wow. So this could be a real thing. If you run out of here, this time it's not because you have to puke. No, right. That, right. This time, no, it isn't that I have to. Her vagina has to. <laughs> to throw up a baby. So this is awesome. There might be a baby tonight. And what's and, your and, second and announcement? The other second announcement is, is I made JP a promise like six months ago. No. And, 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 and I've had to go back on it. And, and I... And I feel really guilty about it. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. J- JP announced that uh, uh, he was a bass player. And I decided that bass players get such a bad rap in life that I would stop picking on him. Because <laughs> bass players deserve a better break. You right. mean like picking on him in general? Yeah. Or is, oh. that, or is that a bass joke? Really? Yeah. And 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 I, I stopped for about three months and then I started again. And, and so I, I owe JP an apology. 
Oh, wow. Uh, well, Colin, I don't accept. <laughs> and I'm going to spit right in your face. I mean, in listen. Your face. In, in Colin's defense, it's impossible to stop it really is. on JP. That is true. I mean, I think that three months was a valiant yeah. effort. Well, and I don't. Let's be. Let's face it. I don't really make it easy to not pick yeah. on me. You know what I mean? Right. It's pretty easy. I make it pretty easy. <laughs> That's my gift to the world. It is. Yeah. Are you still playing bass? No. What? Yeah. Oh, well, then I don't feel guilty no, anymore. No, you shouldn't. Um, I, just, I haven't picked it up in like three months. Yeah. yeah. You're supposed to be playing at BNA 6. I, how long have I been asking you for the songs? Hey, let, play anyway. You don't need the songs to I, practice. I do. Practice other songs. Yeah, I know. I need to. I'm, I'm so good at it, though. Man. That, like, I can just pick it up right now. I'll play money any friggin' day of the week. I'm I don't shit. know. You might have just gotten yourself fired from the BN band. Which, uh, I can't. Which, let's face it, uh, you don't have to be much of anything to be in the BNA band. Well, I know. No, that's true. I've seen the video from uh, last year or the year before. Right. All right. Well, there you go. You well, have an apology you. from Colin. Colin, I appreciate it, and uh, I love you more now than I ever did. <laughs> All right. We're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're gonna, Colin's going to teach us about tweaking your brewery to get the most out of it. Uh, in, in other words, uh, Colin's been working on his brewery for a long time. That's right. All in the name of making better beer. So he's going to give us the order in which he thinks you should go through your brewery to make better beer. We're live from downtown Joe's tonight. You can hit the chat now button on the homepage and get your questions to us. Moscow's in there taking them. And uh, come yeah, on out and see us if you're in the area. Hang in there. We'll be right back. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmasters Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BN Army in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Yeah. 
Bistrick, co-founder of the 21st Amendment Brewery and Restaurant in San Francisco. Jamel Zanishef, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own Magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the home brewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your home brew for Brew Your Own Magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. BN Army, you think you're badass? Well, you are, kind of, like badass, but without the balls to blow something up. HopTech in patriotic Dublin, California, recognizes your nearly badassness with a BN Army discount on every order. But there's something those boys and girls in the real Army should know. If you have an APO address or a scan of an active PX card, HopTech salutes you as an actual badass and offers their thanks with a 15% discount on every purchase. That's the HopTech way of saying thanks to all active military personnel. 15% off ingredients, kits, equipment, as well as games, books, gifts, and more, all at HopTech.com. Whichever army you're a member of, any branch of the military or the BN Army, HopTech in Dublin says thank you with great discounts. Call 800-DRY-HOPS, visit the store in Dublin, California, or go to HopTech.com. HopTech, serving homebrewers for 28 years. You're listening to the Brewing Network. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program, live from downtown Joe's, here in downtown Napa's, and hanging out with Colin Kaminsky, the brewmaster out here. 
The master. Uh, having a great time, as always. It's always fun out here at Downtown Joe's. You get some great beer. Always new beer on tap. One of the new beers I'm drinking from Colin right now, at least it's new to me, is his English Brown Ale. Uh, is this something you normally have on tap here? No, it's. Uh, we used to brew it like once a year, right. and we went from having two special faucets to one. Okay. And so I like kind of just bailed out of uh, brewing it. So I haven't brewed it now for a little more than three years. Now, did you tell me before the show it's all Kent Goldings? It's all these Kent Goldings. Designed to be a, a true English brown, so kind of a mild. A, mild, a, yeah. a little bit darker than a mild, a little yeah. bit heavier than a mild. Okay. So it's a, you know around 5.4 in alcohol instead of 4.2 or 4.4, okay. like a mild would That's be. That's this one? Uh, no, I don't know what... That's a homebrew somebody gave us. Okay. Chad's getting his couple. Okay, chat, 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 chat. Uh, Bobby will bring us some brown ales up here, though. So, <laughs> uh, my assessment, which I'm sure you're just waiting for. I, I, love, I love all honest criticism. Do we have a drum roll? Yeah. I, I, no. Any, any inhonest criticism is a waste of time, but honest criticism I always love. Well, the only thing I don't like about it is, is the color. I'm not happy with the color. It's not quite brown enough for you? Which one is well, it? Well, it's, oh. no, it's, uh, it's not quite brown enough. That's right. And it's English, so I don't mind that it's a little cloudy, right? But it's, it's not brown enough. And I also think that if you added some of the grains that would give it the brown that I'm looking for, it would get just a, just a touch of that, that roasty flavor I'm looking for. Oh, so, and not, so, and I don't so it's mean not like, just the color. Now you're bitching about the flavor. Well, I got, look, I got to sneak it in there. For me, I, I don't think it hit the, the shade of brown that it normally is either. So um, what is the malt that you've added to give it color and, and flavor well, for that matter? Well, which malts, right? So okay. It's, it's, it's a blend get... of malts, but mostly it's an English brown malt from crisp malting. Okay. Um, uh, but what really gives it the color is is uh, a couple of pounds of of anything dark, like a roasted malt or a black barley or or a black malt. Okay. And and um, all of those malts have changed enough over the last three and a half years that following the recipe wasn't good enough. Oh, I see. Oh, that's a good point. You got to account for that as, yeah, as and, time goes on, yeah. don't and, you? And that's one of the things about making a recipe all the time is you're always current on the on exactly how those malts deal with color. And this is one of those fine line adjustments here. An extra three pounds of black barley would have uh, uh, been exactly what the color of this needed. Uh, but I didn't know that. Yeah, because I hadn't brewed it in so long that the malts have well, changed. After three years, you've probably got some discontinued malts too that you maybe couldn't even get, or they've changed significantly. Yeah, they've changed enough. They were actually all the exact same malts were available, but they just changed enough that that the color was that much different. So and, you, and if I just if, some fodder, and I could, you know, I could put like five right. percent of a porter tank in there. And, yeah. and and just bring up that color and 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 that that character. What you doing Monday morning? Ah, uh, yeah, which I might do eventually. <laughs> I don't know. We'll see. I, well, um, I lied. I have another complaint. Uh oh. <laughs> Go ahead, Doc. You want to well, give I, yours I, first? I was going to say, uh, can we get some porter up here? I'd like to blend it. Oh, that's a good idea. Here's my other complaint, and that is that. My poor listeners and my crew, I'm sure, are tired of hearing this. But, you know, when I had English ale in England, it had a real hop character that we don't have in our English ales here. We consider it to be everything is mild. 
Now, when I say hop character, you know, I'm talking about flavor and aroma. I'm not talking about bitterness. And, and I'm, I think... I think we're missing out on some of that in this. Weren't we talking with uh, Charlie Bamforth about that, about uh, they dry hop yeah. that, that cask right, right at the last minute, the cellar guy does. That's right. It's dry hopped in the serving vessel, and that's what I would like to see you do with your English brown, Colin, is dry hop in your serving tank. Well, and I could certainly do that in the morning, and the hopping rates they would use on a beer like this are so mild yeah. that I almost don't notice them. And, okay. and, and that's kind of how it gets away. You know, when you think about how much I'm putting in my IPA or my double IPA, the dry hop rates that would, that would like bump that up to the level that you're talking about right. are so small that I, I just like, but you know, I, Colin, I forget. I don't think they're as small as you, as, as, as you're describing. I'm telling you that some of these beers, now you, you and I talked about this before the show for yeah, a second. Yeah, we did, yeah. And one thing that you said was that this beer is too malty for you. And you know what? It's Damn too you. malty for me, too. But the reason it is is that it's... I'm telling you, these beers I had had a real strong hop character. You made the excellent point that I, I, I hadn't been drinking IPAs all night. In fact, I probably hadn't had an IPA in a week. So my palate was really prepared to, to taste these. But you know what? It's not just that. I'm telling you that there's a good amount of dry hop that goes into these milds and these browns. That I that's what I think is missing from this beer. Um, from from what I warm read, it up a tad. And is it really, get there? Really cold. Is it getting there? Yeah, it's really cold. From, it is chilly. Well, right, and they would be served at fifty right. instead of forty. And not that you're you know, serving a, some sort of traditional beer here. I, I'm not trying to compare you 100% to that. But I'm saying that this can be this malty and have hop character at the same time. And if I learned anything in England, that's what I learned. You know, Again, I sound like a well, broken record. I know. Because well, I, I only learned one thing in England. <laughs> and I just keep repeating it. T- tomorrow we'll throw three quarters of a pound of East Kent Goldings into the tank. Okay. And I'll taste it in a week. And I'll let you know. This is what I like to hear, Kyle. See, JP was right. It's just like a big lab here. He's going to instant gratification. Just tell me what you think. I, I really want to hear what you think. I want to throw some porter in this. Um, uh, Do the blend. Uh, they're working on getting us some porter. All right. No, it's just Chad's. Okay, our so, middle man. so the other thing uh, um, uh, that you and I talked about <laughs> this week um, is I'm really excited that there is a path to learning how to brew. And you have to build your skill set and your equipment in the right order um, to be successful. Right. And that if you become the world's foremost expert on carbonation, but you haven't learned what yeast does, you are not going to be able to brew beer. So there's an order that you need to try to approach things if you're trying to learn to brew. Okay. And and that's kind of what I want to talk about um, tonight. So I like this because <laughs> we nice get segue. so many questions. <laughs> we get so many questions about uh, uh, how to improve my brewery, what do I upgrade, and, and oftentimes they're expensive and people don't know where to begin. So I like that you're going to give us an order in which to tweak. And, and I get it sounds like we're tweaking our process, not just our brewery, right? Well, I want I want I want to tweak the brewer. I want to tweak yeah, the both. process, and I want to tweak the brewery. It, go, it, it goes hand in hand. It goes hand in hand because because if we can't because the most important person in the process is the brewer. Okay. You know, we're not out in Hauser Bush Fairfield where you can fall asleep on the job and the beer makes itself. Right. We we actually have to make our own beer as home brewers. And it's true because I have fallen asleep while brewing and it didn't make itself. <laughs> yeah. it's, you're, it's, I can vouch for Colin's honesty. So, so where do we begin? In, in and and. 
maybe throw in what you, you, you did. You said one comment to me that I think is worth noting here at the beginning, that you felt that maybe the fastest route to, to learning this whole pro- mastering, I think is what you said, to mastering this brew process so that you know how to get your beer right is to brew extract. Absolutely. Really? I really think so. Why is that? Because boil and sanitation are so important. Boil, sanitation, and yeast are so important that it almost doesn't matter what you start with. You can start with Pruno in the prison. And if you can boil it, sanitize all your equipment, and get a good yeast pitch, it'll be drinkable. Right. How do you boil that toilet bowl? (laughs) Okay. So by eliminating that whole, you know... By, by, by eliminating that four-hour step where we produce these beautiful sugars that we're so proud of. Right. And just dealing with what you get, boy, you're not missing much if, if, you, if you can't sanitize or you can't boil all the DMS off or you can't do some of these other things that are so important, they're going to ruin that four hours of work. Right. So in the beginning, and maybe, you know, and for some people that's three batches, 15 batches or 30 batches, why, why waste that extra four hours? Sure. Why not, why not take the fast path through? You're, you're going to end up all grain anyways. We See, know you have to end up all grain. Okay, right. You have to end up all grain. You do? You have to end up all grain. Why? Because you cannot control the sugars that you've got in your wort otherwise. So when and you it's learn- controlling those sugars that's, that is one of the keys of making the flavors you want to build. Okay. But you're saying that just skipping it for now is the great way to learn the other things, and then you can come back to the sugar bit. Yeah, it's kind of like having a teacher in school. You could have learned all that stuff you learned in elementary school without a teacher, but right. it was a lot easier with a teacher. Okay, that's true. Oh, that's a good... See, we got to put Colin and Fossa together on the same show. Not to have a battle, but to have a discussion about the two oh, yeah, right. ways you could, uh, you know... Well, I get what he's saying. He's saying... Uh, you can have a great system, you know, a great more beer system. Yeah. Know how to use it, but if you don't have your sanitation down, your numbers down, uh, and, and you're down, pitching yeast you, at 105 degrees, right, or, or you're pitching, you know, one vial in there, right, one and, vial into 15 uh, gallons, right. and, and you don't know anything about it. You're yeah. still going to have beer just like if you, it was your first beer. Yeah, if you're an extract yeah. brewer and. Uh, Looking for your next upgrade, uh, I'd go for fermentation temperature control yeah. before I go to all grain. Me too. Okay. Uh, or, yeah, or me fact, too. I, I'm tempted to, I think Jamil's talked about this as well, to go back and uh, to make some extract batches, apply what we know now know about fermentation, and see what kind of beers we can actually make with extract. Right. I think a lot of times, extract beers are associated with bad ferments. Not so much about you know the bad extract itself, just the concept. Well, let me save you the time, Tasty. Go back to 2006 and listen to the show we did with Jim Rossi, who yeah. is an amazing extract brewer, winning That's all right. kinds of awards, oh, yeah. and all he does is ever touch extract, right. and it's because he focuses on the the things that you guys are talking about. He applied the craft to oil, oil sanitation, right. yeast. Okay, you so, get those first. So that's your is, is that the start of your order? That's the start of my order. What, boil, now, so, what do you say, boil? What do you mean? Uh, like, what are we um, tweaking we, we, about our board? I one of the, one of my favorite conversations I ever got to sit in on um, uh, uh, the brewer at Aleworks, uh, Morgan, was was sitting down with uh, he'd been brewing for about two years professionally. Okay, and there was a young guy who wanted to come in and help out, and and he said, "Okay, tell me nine things that happen in the boil that are important." And I racked my brain, and it's like, well, yeah, I can think of nine. I can think of 15. I can think of 20. Wait a minute here. Boils really important. 
we're okay. doing lots of really important chemistry. And if you screw that up, if you have a 3% evaporation rate, or you have a 25% evaporation rate, or you condense all that DMS back into the kettle because you have a 25-foot-long flue or something like that, you're going to ruin your beer. Or yeah, you cover, and, cover your, bit, your and, boil. And, and, right, or cover your boil and not let any of it evaporate at all. And, and that was when I realized, no, wait a minute, one of the most important things to do is run boil. And we've run it so often that we don't realize it's important. <laughs> We, we, we've become so good at it, and it's become so rote in, in yeah. my daily job. I don't even pay attention. It's like, oh, cool, boil's going on. Yeah. I wonder what Bilko's has got on tap. <laughs> it's not the easy part. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I can run out the door for a half an hour and know that it's going to run fine. But that's because I have my boil kettle dialed in. And the first thing I'm going to stop production, tear apart, is my boil kettle. If it's not running right, I tear it apart instantly. And, you know, it, 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 I kind of set my boil evaporation rate by taste. Am I right? Am I right? Yes. So, sorry, we're interrupting. Call. It, put, put the porter, I, put the porter I, in yeah, there. Yeah, the port tell it's the right I did, color. I did 50-50. Yeah, what did I, you do? About 30, no, port tell it's the right color. About 30%. All right, we're doing our, we've got our Do porter now, color. and we're, we're now pouring porter right into there. Colin's brown ale 30%, in, until yeah. we like it, until I like the color. That's what we're doing here. Because you just want a hint of roastiness. I like that color. That's a good color for me. No, that's not quite there, actually. You, you're looking for darker. No. Yeah, just see, to me, that, that's even a little dark for a bro. Yeah. You think that's a little dark? Uh, for an English, yeah. Yeah, yeah think of Newcastle. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. All right. I love how we can hear the, uh, the little in our earphones all night long. Yeah. Call, I was going nuts for the last 10 minutes. I'm going, I'm going, what the f-? There's a static in my head. No, it's not. It's a and needle. And it's driving me insane. It's I can't, you know I can't handle that. And I'm sitting here trying to listen to you. And, and meanwhile, I'm about to explode inside. And I'm, and I'm, go, and I'm putting on uh, the producer's oh, headphones. Is that what you were doing? And I'm putting on... A, and I'm trying to find that goddamn buzz because my audio is perfect. And then I and then I can hear that. I take my headphones off and it's it's the needle over there. It's it's my man getting a tattoo right now. <laughs> I was flipping the fuck. I was wondering what you were doing. You look all pissed and then you grab his headphones. It's driving me crazy. It's, uh, it's it's our tattoo guy. It's louder over there. Don't forget, it's the tattoo show, and you can get yourself a hop grenade when we do these things every now and then at Downtown Joe's. you got to pay attention to the Facebook and, and the tweets, and, and uh, go find Downtown Joe's on Facebook, too. Uh, sign up for their uh, um, updates, because they'll let you know when this kind of stuff's happening. And, and you can find me. I'm guaranteed to post uh, political comments about uh, Middle East uh, nuclear weapons. Yeah, I saw so. that. <laughs> I like the dichotomy sometimes of your political posts and then JP will have a political post on the same day and I'm like wow those two are friends no, which is amazing Colin thinks about it and it's profound and JP's whatever he's thinking about right now <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, it's on my mind right at this second I'm just going to blurt it out uh, alright Colin carry on I'm okay, sorry so, so, so there's lots of things we do in Boyle we coagulate proteins that are really important we we boil off DMS 
um, uh, we condense the work. So we might, let's say we're starting at, uh, our, our runnings were 10.45. We might get to 10.52 or something like that uh, while we're boiling because we're driving off water. Um, so we're doing all these really important chemistry things. We're isomerizing alpha acids. We're caramelizing so that sugars. We're caramelizing sugars with Maillard reactions. We're okay. doing we're doing all of these important things to get our bitterness right, our sugar profiles right, um, driving off off flavors, um, getting our gravities right. All these things are happening in boil. If you don't know how to do that, you're not going to make good beer with the best recipe in the world. Shit, I don't know how to do that. <laughs> and and well, so boil. I'm being honest, I have a lot of trouble with my boil. In terms of, you make some excellent points. In terms of getting your final gravity right, your evaporation rate. I have volume troubles all the time. Uh, it's it's a it's a change. It's a part of the process that I think I've taken for granted. Well, you, you can't. Though. You it's boil so some important. more and you go on it's, about your business. It, it, it is number one on my list of things it that is. you need to understand. Okay, you boil it for number one. It says boil for an hour. Well, if your boil is barely boiling, yeah. your evaporation rate isn't the same. Your numbers are going to be off. Your hops are going to be off. Everything's going to be off. Okay. Um, and and, and the, the, the other end is if you, you know, are boiling much. so hard yeah. that your thermal load is huge and you have 20% evaporation rate, um, you're going to make this pale ale that tastes just like a double bock. Sure. You yeah. know, because and you're going to caramelize all the sugars. You're going to catalyze Maillard reactions. That, that won't ferment. And, and why did my beer only go down to a 1021? So, <laughs> right. so, so you're looking for what? It's all about controlling the boil. Control the level, like you know. Yeah. And, and so it says, I, I, for me, I look around nine percent. I, I like. I don't like to fall below nine percent. I don't like to go over ten percent. Nine percent over the total time, or yeah, in seventy-five minutes. In seventy-five, in 75 minutes. minutes, right? Whatever your number is, find out what it is and try to get that boil. A lot of us homebrewers we brew outside. Sometimes it's like thirty-two degrees outside. That makes a difference. Or okay. windy. What yeah. you really want to do is to go look for that reduction in volume. That's real major of what your boil activity's been. Okay. So if you find yourselves in the wintertime having a lot of extra wort for some magical reason, mm-hmm. uh, apparently under gravity, like you're, you're missing your, your, your uh, OG, then you need to boil longer. You need I to like, add the hops later. Or increase the the, or the, boil, the boil level, yeah. yeah, the boil level, fire it up, or cut right. that wind out, or whatever is whatever is causing the problem. Well, if you do the numbers, and uh, I take my gravity reading at the beginning of the boil, okay, and I, I, I do the, the numbers, I know I've got a boil. I want to have this this number uh, after boil, yeah, and I know it's good that evaporation rate in, in an hour. I'm gonna I need to boil it down from twenty five gallons down to twenty one gallons, and I'm gonna have this number, okay. And he's saying in the wintertime that that boiling might not might not be so vigorous. <laughs> right. And uh, you, you're going to end up with 22 and a half gallons, but you boil for an hour. And if you're just used to boiling for an hour, it's just boil for an hour, you're gonna, your numbers are going to be all off. Yeah. So we got to pull all this into consideration. Okay. Your boil is not as strong. You didn't evaporate as much. Uh, oh, your propane tank's getting low, yes. so it's affecting the pressure. Come, uh, your regulator's not keeping up. Or your propane tank freezes. freezes or you ran out, <laughs> out of gas. Yeah. Right. And you, you, know, you got to like, over oh, again. Recalculate. Yeah. All right. So there's a lot of things going on in that boil. So it's not just boiling an hour. Okay. It's how much did I evaporate? Yeah. How gotta, dark is it going to get? How much, and how much evaporation? And uh, so we, the best way to do that is to pay attention to the volume yeah. that you're... Volume reduction. Yeah, I, I do it by measuring inches from the lip of the kettle. Well, yeah. Um, and then I've got some math I can throw that into. I have, a, I have a stick that I put in that I've calibrated okay. in gallons. And I, I, I put it in, how many gallons it is, and 
Okay. Then I, I go off the math. Yeah, so like I want to have my 10 minutes hops, hops until I'm at, the, at my ending body. It tells me I'm, I'm ready to because ambulate. If, if he's not down, I his, his, if he's not down where he wants to be, oh, right. uh, he's going to boil maybe an extra 20 minutes. Yeah, whatever. I'll just recalculate. Then he recalculates, and, and still, from the end of the boil. Remember the, these recipes say from the end of the boil? Yeah. It says 10 minutes from the end of the boil, not 90 minutes from the start of the boil. Yeah. Right. Okay. So he'll hold off. And okay. until he gets down to that number and then throw them in there. For those late edition hops. And so all these conversations should give us a really good idea that all of us have spent a lot of time trying to figure out how our boils are working. Right. And I think it is the number one task of brewers, knowing how to run boil. Okay. And, and we take it for granted. We don't teach it. Okay. Because we've done it so many times. And in this system, I've run 807 boils. Wow. You would count. <laughs> I, I actually, I, I had to count the other day, so <laughs> that's why I know. <laughs> all right. So, all right. So, pay attention to the boil. Get it measurable and consistent. Is, is the, the idea? The next well, no, thing I, that you adapt to it, okay. because in the winter time, like Tasty was saying, it's going to be different. You're, right. you're outside; it's not going to boil as. as well, I can't turn. I mean, I can turn my boil up and down. Well, I can't. I, I, I have a little tiny adjustment, but you have to like crawl on the ground on a wet concrete floor with a screwdriver and take a cap off and listen to the sound of the kettle, you just, and then time a couple of boils to see if they're on the right percentage. You have to be so the kettle try, whisperer. So, yeah, so you try not to adjust it. Right. 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 Well, but you, you home, measure it every day to make well, sure you're you don't indoors. Have to I think, I at home, we reach down and turn a knob. <laughs> right. Uh, no, I, I, I don't have to do that. Like, However, that means mine doesn't change very often. Uh, right. Colin, you just like. Dressing up in that proc suit <laughs> with the Lindo and the yeah. All right, what's next on the list? Sanitation. So I, I'm so surprised that you have sanitation after the boil. I do. I, I think the boil's more important. Okay. And right. and and I think uh, 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 if we have some beautifully spontaneously fermented beers, uh, which I have a couple available uh, for sale by the bottle. Russian uh, rivers. Hint, hint, hint. Right. Um, <laughs> uh, you you you. you you can find out that you could spontaneously ferment a really good beer if you ran the boil right. It's spit okay. in an afternoon. <laughs> right. And and so so that's why I put sanitation second. And, okay. And I want to try this idea out on, on our listeners and, and our panel here. You can sanitize anything if you dip it in sanitizer for 45 seconds. Okay. If you put it in what, what's sanitizer your, for 45 seconds, what, it's perfectly fine to have in your beer. What's, right? your, what's your sanitizer? Uh, well, you pick a sanitizer. So I. Well, you know that we all not use Star clean, Sand. If it's not clean, you can't sanitize right, it. You right. can't sanitize crud. If, if it's not clean, you can't sanitize. So it's got to be clean, then sanitize That's in right. that order. Okay. And because even even uh, a, a size of dirt, of the size of a piece of glitter. You will not be able to sanitize with a 20-minute soak in any chemical we have available to us. A sanitizing solution. A cleaning solution, then sanitizing solution. Yeah, okay. clean first and sanitize. So that's something you really have to figure out. You have to find all the little nooks and crannies. Does your ball valve have this little tiny hidden place that you've never imagined before because you've never disassembled the ball valve? Right. Uh, what, what? <laughs> it's called the prostate. Yeah. So there's all, all of these Stick little tiny there, hidden my places. Ball valve. There's all these little tiny places uh, that we need to make sure get cleaned and sanitized. All right. That's number two. All right. What's number three? Yeast performance. And there's tons of Bruce Strong shows about yeast performance. Not to mention a book. Not to mention a book. Um, uh, Yeast performance is number three. If you get one, two, and three down. You're pretty close to making good beer, right? You can all grain brew. 
Oh, I see. So that so you can stop extract brewing when you've gotten one, one two, two, and three, three. down. This is where Colin will clear you on the all green. And, and I think you should, you should have a license. You, you should, you should, you should, you should have to submit a sample. Somebody can say, okay, you're allowed to buy a mash tun now. I kind of buy this argument. I like this. That you should have to be issued. You know, your home, all homebrew shops should abide by it. Uh, I would like to buy a uh, more of your sculpture, please. Are, are you checking Can I see your that? license? Yes. Where's your license? Are you cleared on this? Could you, could you bring me a sample of your beer? Yeah. I don't, what do you mean by license? Well, you're going to have to bring in your beer regan here will issue you your license after uh, after tasting some of your samples for a five dollar fee right? <laughs> all right so so get the first three right and then you're cleared to go and mess around with the mash is what you're saying yeah and then at that point yeah then then, then at, at that point you you can't screw up a really nice mash okay all right. Oh, that's a good point because you could do the mash perfectly well, right? And and then screw it up, but not no why. because extract is going to probably be better than your first half a dozen mashes, anyways. Yeah. And if you're also trying to figure out how to boil and how to clean and how to run yeast. How are you going to know what your problems are? I think save for one beer, that Mirror Pond beer, every extract beer I ever brewed is way better than my all grain beers. And because I admit it, I take the boil for granted and other things for granted. Your brain was overloaded. And, uh, but, you know, I made some pretty nice extract beers back in the in the very beginning when I wasn't uh, paying too much attention. Or you using know? Star Sand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay, so so then the next thing we have. Did to you do, have one well, thing to add to the? Well, I say when, when uh, we're judging beers, yeah, the ones that float to the top, we're all judging on whether it fits into the category. Okay, but all the ones on the table are good beers. No, no infection. Right. Uh, no, no perfect off, carbonation. Perfect carbonation and no off flavors. Yep. Meaning that the, the ones that have any of those are eliminated immediately. Well, exactly. Yeah. They won't yeah. even be in the top tier. Yeah. Um, and then you start to sort out which one fits into that category. But you don't make it even into the second tier. Okay. Uh, if uh, your sanitation isn't good, yeah. uh, your yeast throws off flavors. Or, uh, or your boiled chemistry wasn't your right. Your boiled yeah. chemistry yeah. because it, um, the gravity's too high, gravity's too low. Or, or it has DMS. Or, or the DMS, right. that kind of stuff, so which off flavors and things. So okay. even to get it to that level where it's even like being judged, right. you know, not just uh, 20 and thrown yeah. out, um, <laughs> you got to do all the basics. Okay. Then you start tweaking with the all grain to get I, I remember one time I was writing a competition and I was working a competition I was writing a score sheet and it was like what am I going to tell this guy ah here's my email address just remind me that it was the beer that I gave my email address instead of notes uh, <laughs> yeah. there was that much <laughs> yeah. to say I just didn't even know where to start Aye. just give me your email address and I'll deal with it there now, now, don't, now that should be encouraging for you to enter your beers in competition because uh, that's the kind of feedback you want so don't when, when a guy like Colin says that like boy were there so many things wrong with your beer that I needed to write to you about it that's a that's a positive reaction. That's actually what you want from your beer. If a guy tastes your beer like Colin and has that many things to say, you want to hear them. And this is, again, uh, you know, we, we preach this all the time. Enter competitions because you get this feedback. Well, it's like that big novel, you know, beer yeah. and yeast. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> well, and, and, and that's the other thing is also, uh, you know, if you walk into my brewery especially, and you say, gosh, you know, I really would like that pale ale a lot better if it just wasn't quite so hoppy. 
Boy, tell me. You're not going to hurt my feelings. Right. You know, I, you know, I've had way better judges than my customers tell me my beers weren't good. Yeah, so, you're, the you only, you're the only one I know whose skin's about as thick as mine when it comes to our beer. And believe me, I hear it more than you do. And, and I, but I love it because I, I get these wild, random customers that know nothing about beer that give me the one piece of information I've been struggling for five years yeah. to figure out. Right. Oh, yeah. And sometimes the most random of palates are even inexperienced. Exactly. Good palates aren't experienced palates necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Some people detect things. Yeah. 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 And, and they'll go, you know, that tastes just like raspberry Kool-Aid. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, oh, damn, that's a yeast ester I really don't want. Yeah. And, yeah. I, and, and I might be able to put something bigger around what you think is a simple comment. Yeah. So when you have and, that block party and you're serving all the homebrew and, and you know, random neighbor comes over and gives you feedback, don't, don't and ignore it. Says, I mean, I'm not saying everybody's right. Right. Salt. Yeah, salt. But but every now and then yeah. someone might come over who has no idea be about beer and ju- and give you exactly the piece you were looking yeah. for. Yep. And and make sure to listen to everybody. Yeah. Especially sure chicks. Listen to everybody. Especially chicks. They have tits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. What's next on the list, Colin? Okay. So, so for me, next is carbonation because I've kicked so many beers out of competitions just because I could go. Well, I've got seven beers to taste. I can't taste them all. Oh, the carbonation on this one's wrong. Okay. And I just bounce it up. Don't even give it a chance because the carbonation's wrong. And, and I it. can fix a carbonation in, in, in 12 hours yeah. of any beer. Sure. It doesn't matter if it's over-carbonated. I can fix it. So it's an so, error that shouldn't uh, happen. Well, it, it's just an error that it's, shouldn't it's, happen. That's so. one of my things I've always told people when they ask what about competitions, and it's the carbonation. Yeah, carbonation's got to be spot on. And you, 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 They're going to lose some. It's going to be warmer when they get it. Yeah. Uh, they're all going to be they're poured all at least this. once. The only reason they're doing this is because they see everybody else doing it. <laughs> and you're going to lose the carbonation. And, and it's going to make your beer taste flatter, sweeter, more cloying. And it, it's just not going to be balanced the same. Yep. So let's talk about the sweeter and more cloying part for a second. Because Doc is the one who taught me about carbonic acid. And how it's not just the level of fizziness in your beer and mouthfeel that you're experiencing, but it actually affects the flavor of your beer because carbonic acid will cut through some of the things that taste cloying and crappy in an otherwise flat beer. Or, or on the on the other end of the spectrum, it can hide things that are absolutely delicious. Okay. So yeah. some so beers just too much. Some, some beers, too sharp. Like, like for for example, my double IPA. I'll sit there, pour it at forty degrees out of the faucet, warm it up to fifty, right. shake some of the CO two out of it. So I want to drink it. <laughs> I see. Okay. Um, because I want a bunch of those flavors that are hidden by the CO two to come through. All right. It, it'll make, and, it makes it more crisp and and uh, sharp. So you, you yeah, crisp, sharp, um, uh, refreshing. Yeah, um, makes you want to buy another beer. Makes you want to buy another beer. <laughs> yeah. it, it, you know, it, all it's, good for you. It, it numbs the tip of your tongue, so yeah. so that you don't quite taste everything, uh, which is great. You know, if you're trying to sell twenty five Bud Lights, right, and to it, a kid who's going to go drive home. And, if if it's uh, <laughs> on, the, it's on the other hand, it's it's kind of sweet and and uh, thick. Uh, it's satiating. Yeah. That means you're not going to want another beer. Right. Hence, he's selling beer. Sure. Well, and and, and and hence why I also, you know, I might have the same pint of double IPA. I've had the same pint of double IPA for an hour and a half now. And it's gotten warmer. It's gotten, in my mind, better. I make this beer to be drunk low on CO2 and, and warmer. warmer. Okay. Um, because that's what I want to drink. And, I, I, you know, if you drink a pint. 
pint of nine percent alcohol <laughs> beer in two hours. Yeah, it's still cold. That's that's enough alcohol. Yeah, it is. Plenty. Yeah. You know, that's 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 you know, if there's four ounces of vodka in that pint of glass. Uh, right. Pint of beer. Okay. There are four ounces of vodka equivalent alcohol units. So we could have just done shots. <laughs> so it's the carbonation uh, over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, you blew the lid off that one. Yeah. He was just waiting wait for an excuse. Doc. Now is the carbonation easy to fix? I mean, what are we doing? We're just looking up the style. We're looking up what we want well, and setting it, it de- right. It depends on the serving situation. If it's being judged at a beer competition, it's you one thing. Then it's right. a little Okay. Yeah. yeah. Always overcarbonate beers going into competition. By how oh, much? Oh. Oh. 2.2 volumes, probably. If it's going to be 2.5, go to 2.7, 2.8. Just a little bit. It's just a little bit. because it, it, It's going to get poured twice. It's going to get poured twice. It's going to be warm. Worst case, they recap it, and yep. they're going to put it in the second round. Oh, God. And you're pouring it once yourself into the bottle. Yeah, yeah. okay. All well, right. So my way and your way is two different things. <laughs> but still, uh, I, I might do 0. 0.4 over. <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit more than that. But they, okay. they, they, the judges like to do this, and they swirl it to get the aromas in the glass. Yeah. Okay. Well, it also takes out the CO2, okay. and the equilibrium changes in there, and then they smell it, then they taste it. All right, and serving at home and serving at Collins Place, a little easier, right? You yeah, set it yes. exactly where you want it, yeah, and, and you leave it. And if you go over, what do you do then? What if you've overcarbonated? Sh- shake it. Shake it and vent the keg. Okay. Yeah. And if you go under, you just up it for uh, Yeah, you tell everybody, days, oh, that right? keg's not working tonight, not ready, yeah. and you go to the next keg. Okay. Easy enough. Yeah. What's next? Okay, after uh, carbonation, mashing. Got to learn how to run your mash tun. Whew. Shit. I hate this part. This could be a whole show. <laughs> well, let's just do the quick version. What do you mean by run your mash tun? Get your strike temperature right? Uh, um, what are we talking about? Your grist to grain ratio, your mill gap. Uh, your mill gap's got to match your screen. So I mash my grains really fine. Homebrewers are like, oh, will you mill some grain for me? No. <laughs> no. I really won't. They won't just get a lot of migraine. You'll have yeah. a dough ball and be pissed at me. Yeah, right. Okay. And uh, I actually did that once. I had some homebrews. It's like, oh, you know, let's just run it through my mill. Because local homebrew shop sets their mills so far apart yeah. that I don't like the flavors uh, well, as much. They, they, so. they have to sell more grain that way. Well, but also, they, they, you know, they're used to dealing with those stupid little perforated screens. And, yeah. and, well, we can't and have... So we tried to mash uh, uh, with one of those uh, Phil's false bottoms out of my grain mill. Not going to work. Okay. Not going to work. We, we ended up having to stir it all up. It was a nightmare. Um, so getting your crush right. Getting your crush right. To match your screen. Your your crush has to match your screen. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh, getting your temperatures right. Do you like 142? Um, or maybe you like 147, or maybe you like 153, or maybe you like 157. What temperature do you really want your grain to be at? What do you like? It depends on which base malt I'm starting with. What do you like and for I, this English English brown? With the, the crisp Maris Otter, which is that base malt, I like 148. Okay. Because I like dry base malt mashings. All right. And I, for me, 148 is nice and dry. Um, uh, but uh, with the pale ale, we've been running 153. Right. Yeah, we, 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 yeah. we pushed it up to give it a little bit more body. Right. Okay. And we might have to drop that back down after adding the wheat, or we might have to lower the wheat. I can see that adjustment to get the points on the other on the low end. Yeah. 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 Okay. So there, there's you've, you've got to get your mash tun running right. And the, you, the, you have to know your mash tun. Uh, what? How much temperature is it going to suck out of there? Uh, if you're doing step mashes. How long is it going to take to, to rise it up from 142 to, to 158? Okay. Uh, there's a lot of things that, that run with that one. So uh, knowing your own mash done and 
what's, well, how much heat is going to have to go in there? To and how much heat is it going to lose? Are you going to yeah, match for an hour, and is it going to lose four degrees? What's the match? going to lose eight degrees, yeah. degrees? You know, my mash ton in six hours loses less than a degree. Really? So I don't worry about it at all. But so, in, in a homebrew mash ton, it's not like that. You have a lot more surface area to volume ratio. And so that changes how fast you're going to lose your heat. I now have a what? What is mine? A Herms or a Rims? Yeah, Mine's a Herms. Herms. So I now we wouldn't Herms, trust you with a Rims. So I keep it that way. I'll tell you what. Burn the house down. He, he keep the, the easy, Rims in his bedroom. Yeah. I'll tell you the times that I was able to to hit my mash temperatures and keep them there the most. It was when I went down to More Beer and bought the Igloo mash ton oh, with the false bottom. Over over sixty minutes, I lost a half a degree, yep. and I hit. I was able to dial in my temperature every time. Uh, that was the last time I hit my I, I, temperature I, right where I wanted it. Not because the sculpture isn't great, because I haven't learned how to use my mash tun. I, I, I built that. that I built that yeah. mash tun for that reason. When, when but that igloo was rad. When you brew, how much do you think about it ahead of time? That five minutes, about five minutes after I've started. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But uh, I know now, me. I think about it for days ahead of time and how, right. my, how I'm going to get in See, there. See, I'm with Justin on this. I, I wake up in the morning. I show up at work. I have a quad espresso, a half pint of double IPA, and I go, so what am I making today? And then get to it. <laughs> but, but you know your system very well. But, but you and were I'm on not, the system yesterday. <laughs> and I'm actually not even trying to make a joke about yeah, about my brewing. I'm, j- I'm actually trying to advocate for how simple it can be to get to know your mash tun. Right. That very simple igloo mash tun yeah. that I got yeah, for more beer was rad and it, and it was very well, easy to dial it in and I could get it right every time and I'll take that as a compliment because I designed it with that in mind oh, that, and, and I literally designed that product okay it, I, it's, it was great it was really it, simple and, and easy was, to dial and in and I, I designed it that system. way because okay. it was as close to this system as I could think of Got that, it. that okay. was my first system was uh, the igloo cooler yeah the 10 gallon round igloo yep. uh-huh. the yep. round got the, yep. the 10 gallon round got that's what I had yep. Yep. That, and it was awesome I, I think that's one of the best mash tons you can buy Yeah, it really I, it, it was it, Perfect. And it's cheap. It doesn't look pretty, but it works great. All right. What okay. else? So the next problem uh, that we're going to briefly skip over here is <laughs> in order to uh, get your mashing right, you have to get your water chemistry right or you won't hit your mash pH. See, I can't believe that you have water in there. You They're have all? water. Well, I'm going to say why. Because uh, I'll just skip ahead quickly. You have recipe and aging and clarifying all come later. Yes. Whereas, you know, in past things where we've, where we've discussed what to work on, we've always put water last, saying that just get we, everything else We put water right. last because we're lazy. I see. Well, <laughs> water's also in the brewing process. Yeah. Where yeah. aging, clarifying is all in the cellaring process. Okay. So, so this is the end of the brewing process. It's yeah. easy to talk about aging. It's really hard to talk about water. Yeah, water's not. It, it, it's not that it's that complicated. It's that. And in fact, of all the chemistry we do, it's the easiest chemistry we do. I see. And it's not that water's complicated. It's that it just you just have to understand some stuff, and you have to you have to be go uh, <laughs> crap uh, because I'm not using the f word on the air. Crap. I've got to uh, uh, figure this out, and and it does. It takes. It took me a year. Well, I and can't. I, I'm a pretty good study, and it took me a year to go. Okay, now I understand water. So that makes me feel better about it. it took, if it took Colin a year, 
add some sort of <laughs> exponential number yeah. to that yeah. for me. Yeah. I can't wait till the book comes out so we don't have to talk about it on the show it, anymore. It, it yeah. So we just go done with get it. the book. Yeah. It, it took me a year and 105 batches. Okay. So let, let's just say that. It took me a year and 105 batches. Hang on. But, but then it was like, why was I so stupid? Why didn't I figure this out right away? Someone's getting a tattoo. <laughs> oh, oh, I hear the, oh, yeah. the ink is, is that, flowing. Are you getting a tattoo on your ass right now? I see him bent over a chair. Uh, no, it's, his, it's a leg. Oh, it's a leg tattoo. Got me going. Jason, yeah. a lot of leg tattoos tonight, huh, buddy? I, you know, bad. so far I haven't seen the hot grenade tramp stamp, and and I was thinking mm. that that I should get one because that that way when Anheuser Busch is doing me in the ass, <laughs> they have something fun to look at. Right? <laughs> Do it, Colin. I'll pay for it. If you go get a tramp stamp, I'll pay for it right now. Now you're gonna get a European stuff because in bed. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You, now we know what your tagline underneath it. It's a middle finger. Is your tagline underneath the hot grenade? Hold up the hot grenade. <laughs> All right. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take another break. Uh, we've got a couple things left in our in our order here, but just a couple. We're skipping over water because we've done the water show, but you're saying well, that's and what we're not be. skipping over it. We're yeah, saying we that it's a big part of mashing, <laughs> and we're not going to explain why. We're not right. here to teach okay. you about it. That's fair yeah. enough. And we, we have taught you about it in multiple Bruce Strong shows, in other Collins session shows, as well as the book coming out soon. So we're not saying it's not important here in the process. In fact, we're, it's we're very we important. Just get to the information where there's time to, to do it. Okay. See. So why? Why don't we do this? We'll take a break. Uh, I, I see four more things in front of me that we have to cover. We've got to co- cover the recipe, the aging, uh, clarifying, which we've done pretty well at in other shows as I'm well. I'm aging and I'm doing pretty well. You're doing all right, Doc. Uh, uh, you know what? Let's face you it. You look clear. Too. You're doing better than most of us in, in your aging. All right. So a quick break. When we come back, we'll finish up this process of tweaking your brewery, and then maybe we'll do some Drunk of the Week stuff, Sweet. and uh, then we'll get out of here. Hang in there. It's the session live from downtown Joe's. You're listening to the Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. This week on Brew ATV, we find Dawson caught in the middle of a menage a trois with two homebrewed versions of a Surly Bender beer kit. One's a partial mash, she's the lady. The other's an all-grain. Such a tramp. See how they turn out and how they stack up against the real thing. For those of you who can't get Surly beers at home, we're looking at you, 49 states not called Minnesota. You can brew your own Bender right now at BrewingTV.com. I love 311. Where were we? You stole an oak barrel from the mist of Ravenwood and Lord Zinfandel the Avenger is in pursuit. Do you drop the barrel and run? Hell no. We need it for a Flinders Red. I'm going to cast Pediacocket's Damnethus on the barrel. Sorry, your ghosts are imprisoned in his winery forever. I hate it when Greg's the brewmaster. This sucks. What do we have here? Orville Rodenbach? Buzz off, guy. We got a brew session going. Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. <laughs> Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Do you get a long lasting foam stand when you think about wheat malt? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge at northernbrewer.com. Plus, fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the pre prohibition lager. Perfect for steampunk. And the single hop best bitter. Now on cast in 10 forward. Make 10th level at northernbrewer.com. 
When I order a beer, I want my server to know more about it than I do. I want someone who enjoys good beer and loves helping others enjoy it too. I want someone who knows how to pour a perfect pint for every beer style. I want a Cicerone. The Cicerone Certification Program is creating the type of people who help you enjoy great beer. Home brewers and craft beer lovers know beer is more flavorful and complex than ever, and it takes some serious knowledge to store and serve beer right. Cicerones know beer. There are three levels in the Cicerone Program. Certified Beer Server, Certified Cicerone, and Master Cicerone. Cicerones are truly the sommeliers of beer. The best beer locations have a certified Cicerone on staff. Relaxed and unpretentious. Cicerones are tested on storing and serving beer, beer styles, flavor and tasting, the brewing process and ingredients, and pairing food with beer. Learn more about your next beer guide at Cicerone.org. Certified Cicerone, because it takes top talent to present a perfect pint. I've always thought that opening a brewery was a great way to ruin what is the perfect hobby. But like most home brewers, I really wanted to see what it would be like to produce my own beer commercially. When I started out, I was, you know, obscure homebrew geek. And being part of the Brewing Network has exposed me to a lot of people with a great passion for brewing. They seem so supportive, interested, and generous with their support. That kind of thing makes you feel like you can succeed at anything. Of course I'm excited. It's frightening. It's terrifying. It's kind of... uh, We've got this rescue dog, and she is completely frightened. So when she comes up to me, she's shaking and salivating at the same time. I feel the same way with Heretic. I'm still a homebrewer at heart, and I hope that homebrewers always feel welcome at Heretic and able to provide part of the feedback and creativity that makes craft brewing great. The thing that excites me most is the opportunity to... Put a beer out there that I feel is the best beer I can make. And especially get a chance to go and drink that beer with people and see their reactions and get their feedback. And hopefully they'll be as excited as I am about Heretic Beer. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer... Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking with us. We're live from downtown Joe's, and the, the homebrew has started the flow, as, as happens often here when we do these episodes. Yeah. If you come out to downtown Joe's, we get a lot of great listeners coming out, and uh, they started to come and share their beer with us. Good beer. You know, we have no corkage fee at downtown Joe's when there's Brewing Network events. Which is awesome. You waive the corkage <laughs> we fee. We waive the corkage fee. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, so right now I've got two awesome uh, sour beers in front of me. Where'd you get those? Uh, I'm Cameron, right here, oh. Cameron. Yeah, uh, which at this point in the show, sour beers are perfect because I've had a lot of uh, different beers, and you need something to, to cut through the mess and clean the palate. And, and yeah, I'll, don't worry, Doc. I'll share. Hang on. They're, they're great palate cleansers. I'll share as soon as I get down to what I don't want anymore. Is <laughs> <laughs> you inoculated them? So, so oh, that one's good. While, while you're drinking, let me recap. So we've already gone through boil, sanitation, yeast, performance, carbonation, mashing, and water. Okay. Because we've decided that that um, 
if you can't do those things, you can't make beer. Ridiculous. Ouch. Well, so what do we have left? Well, before we get to what we have left, I have a little business to cover. Uh, you know, uh, Colin, no. I'll just take over the show as soon as you start drinking. You, uh, <laughs> sweet. Colin, on the eve of, of having a baby, uh, are you looking to spice things up in the bedroom? Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. Been, uh, been fantasizing? I, 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 no, I've been told that uh, the more we have sex, the earlier my child will come. Well, perfect. So. Oh, you're having prego porn? AdamandEve.com uh. can help. Uh, if you go right now, uh, you can uh, get 50% off just about any item. Uh, but that's not all. You can select uh, uh, your item at 50% off. You'll also receive three free adult DVDs, uh, as well as uh, uh, an extra gift that's, that's so Sensual, we can't even mention it at Downtown Joe's. And uh, uh, to top it all off, how you doing over there, Doc? To, to top it all off, uh, you'll, you'll also get free shipping on your entire order. So go to adamandeve.com right now and you get uh, 50% off uh, almost any item, uh, three DVDs, uh, extra toy, and also uh, free shipping. All at adamandeve.com. You're welcome, Colin. <laughs> Boy, let me tell you, if you thought it was uncomfortable doing that ad in the studio, try doing it out in a public place. Hi, come on, the tat gun's running. I mean, yeah. we're all, we're all yeah. friends here. Come on, it's, it's Napa. It's very liberal around we're here. We're just missing the stripper pole, man. It's, no, I'm not. No, no, we put a speaker on it. I'm so not. Colin, is something on fire in your back patio? Yes. Oh. That's, uh, a, that's uh, okay, actually, though? Uh, right when you come down 2nd Street towards Maine, that's yeah. the first thing you see. Is the, is the fire. Uh, is you the think fire. I, I should it, turn it, in there and it, check that out. You, you, would, you oh. would think it would actually put out some heat, but it doesn't. But it's really pretty. Okay. <laughs> is that just like lit cellophane? <laughs> does look pretty. No, it's, it's a, uh, a Pyrex tube about four feet long that's got a flame running up the center. Sweet. Um, yeah, it's, it is really pretty, but... Oh, it doesn't put out any. I've been meaning to ask you: can, can me and you make a Jacob's ladder? Yeah, excellent. <laughs> what is a Jacob's ladder? Yeah, you know the you old Frankenstein movies where the spark climbs up the uh, two wires. Uh, I see. Uh, it I takes see. a big transformer to make that work. Can you make them like huge? Can you make giant Jacob's yeah. ladders? Yeah, you could. Yeah. Nice. Oh, that's you wouldn't cool. want to touch one if it was really big. Really? No. But, yeah, we could make a, uh, a high school-sized one pretty easily. Burning yeah. Man. Yeah. All right. The Paxtons are here, by the way. Yet another reason to come out to Downtown Joe's when we do these shows. Sometimes you can see the whole Paxton family hanging out. And we did. You know, Sean There's... was absolutely phenomenal at helping me. I did a Sierra Nevada beer dinner yeah. uh, about a month ago. And I called up Sean and I said, I've got all these recipes ideas. These are the beers I'm going to use. What do I do? And he's like, oh, do this, do that, do this, do that, do this, do that. And then... 20 minutes gave me 200 ideas that I I could only use about 10 of. Right. And and oh, and, and but our dinner was way better uh, because of that conversation. Hey, yeah, that's I the really situation. Most people's conversations go when they talk to you. <laughs> exactly. You and Paxton are peas in the pot. He's just on the food side. I can only, uh, I, I'm thinking that uh, 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 Shay, Sean, and I all ought to get together and 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 just have a guys' night out. You mean guys' week out? <laughs> Oh, I don't we get them all on the show? No. <laughs> How no. 
please can we make just an episode? <laughs> Effing way. Well, I agree to that. All right. For more from Sean Paxton, check out the Homebrew Chef Show. It's on thebrewingnetwork.com. We just did one this past Thursday. All right, Colin. Tell us what we have left in our order of tweaking our brew. Dun, okay, dun, dun. so we figured out how to boil. We figured out how to sanitize. We figured out how to make yeast perform the way we wanted to. Yeah. We figured out how to get carbonation correct. We, we Now we know how to mash. We know what water we need to mash with. Guess what we get to change next? Our recipe. All right. Until you can do that, yeah. don't fuck with your recipe. Yeah, you just uh, just borrow, somebody, borrow somebody else's recipe until don't, then, right? Don't, don't fuck with no, your recipe. Do you make, the well, same, make the same recipe over same and over Same recipe over and over. Until okay. you can do all those things, just get, make one recipe. Get a, a good recipe of a clone beer that you can get locally fresh. Okay. Or, Try to calibrate to that. Just keep making that beer over and over again. You, That's a good point. Or yeah. a, a, a home brewer that you really know and you respect, like Tasty here. Yeah. And, and he gives you, he, he will give you the recipe, and he, he will give you the taste of that beer. Yeah. And you keep going until you get that beer. Then, and then you tell how yeah. much you don't like that one, then, and you then, can then, then, yeah. then change your recipe. Then change okay. the recipe because everybody thinks, oh, all I have to do is get a new recipe, and my beer is going to be better. Well, and especially as a new brewer, and and let's you know, part of the fun uh, of being a new brewer is being able to tweak that recipe. Yeah. Uh, I guess we're just saying maybe don't kid yourself that that's the problem exactly. with the beer that you brewed. When it's probably tasting, not the recipe. When you're tasting your beer, yeah, and it's not as good as you'd like, you think it should be. Yeah. Don't think about the recipe as much as Fix process something else. the boil, I, all the other things. I, I promise you that if I closed my eyes, walked into my grain cellar, and grabbed handfuls out of bags. And I put them in a bucket and I gave them to Doc that he's going to make a better beer okay. than a first-time brewer is going to make with a recipe. With a, okay. All right. With a perfect recipe. With a perfect recipe. Yeah. With, with, with Sierra Nevada's <laughs> recipe, right? Okay. Excellent and, and, point. So you need to learn all the other parts of the brewing process before you're, you're too worried about the brewing ingredients. And the brewer himself is the biggest variable, as you, as you know, Justin. Yeah. The, the brewer himself is the biggest variable in the recipe. That's true. Because the taste is bad. Well, the, the biggest <laughs> question is always, why did my beer turn out the way it should have? Yeah. Right. I have the recipe. I tasted the guy's beer. It was so and so's recipe. It was um, like I did everything winner. I was supposed to, yeah. and it didn't turn out. Yeah. And a lot of it's process up to this point. Okay. Once you get the process down, then it's why don't I like this beer? Well, and this is where this is where Tasty and I are right now with the payload. We're changing the recipe. I, I am convinced that I can make control. the process the same yeah. over and over again. Okay. I'm ready to change the recipe. You know, you can look back to another recent uh, Brew Strong episode, too, where, where Jamil brewed a one of these kitten kilo beers, they're called, out, out in Australia, where everything's basically in the can, right? You just brew it, you, you boil it, and you ferment it. The beer was awesome. And Jamil did it as an experiment. He wanted to find out, is the, are these things the real deal? And it, to, me, it, to, to him, and to, it, certainly to me, it was proof about the process. He did his exact process. He grew up his yeast like he always would. He fermented like he would. He cleaned like he would. It sanitized. Uh, but the ingredients were pretty much out of his hands. He yeah. just he boiled this right. kitten kilo so stuff. It's recipe, yeah. It was all process. The beer was awesome. Yeah. It was a good, better, better than any beer so I ever made. So in the made. ferment. Right, it was really. a great, uh, yeah. So just another example that the for, recipe is the last thing to... For, for 10 years, I've been making an argument that we should have a, a stock recipe that we give to brand new homebrewers. Okay. That every homebrew shop has. Before they and get you, the license. And, 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 right. and that you have to bring a <laughs> bottle of the beer back to the homebrew shop. 
And when you bring it back and it tastes like it's supposed to, you get a pin. <laughs> you move up to the next and, level. And once you get that pin, uh, then you are your a home brewer. I see. And I've, I've, been, I've been trying to get the AHA to sign on. I've been trying to get more beer to sign on. I want every homebrew store in the country to say, when, <laughs> once you've brewed this recipe and a t- qualified taster's tasted it, then you're a homebrewer. Right. And it's like you get a, a pin. Otherwise, you, you get a you actually get a pin. So you come when, back. So when we go to NHC and we and we meet people that tell us that they're homebrewers, the first thing we do is we look down yeah, at their lapel and, and then see if there's a so pin. What rank you know? is this? And we're like, I don't, right. I don't, I don't see a pin. What do you mean you're a homebrewer? Uh, you know, it would save us a lot of. Time. What rank are you? <laughs> well, it would save us a lot of tasting, wouldn't it? <laughs> it would I don't taste anything from six down. Sorry. <laughs> I, I, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm a six I, and above taster. I, I, will, I will absolutely say for certain that the best and the worst beers I've ever tasted have been homebrews. Yeah. You know what? I think that's that's 100 percent accurate. Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, I, the best and the worst. The yeah. best and the worst. And and. Uh, I, I still remember yeah, the best, the best true, and yeah. the worst. You know, my favorite beer that I've ever I'm tasted, not, I still remember, and it was a homebrew. So. I'm yeah. not saying they're equal. Right. I was just trying to think, because I've had some pretty bad commercial beer, too, but no, the worst have been homebrew. So, yeah, the worst one I had was one that, and, and not to uh, bag on Chris and Olin a little bit, but Please they're sitting there at lunch. I'm walking by the lunch table, and they're sitting there like, Doing this fine sensory analysis of this beer, and and, and and trying to figure out what you know what they like and don't like about it. And they're like, "Oh, Colin, I really want you to try this." And I took one sip off it, ran over to the sink and spit it out, and said, "That's what rope is." And walked by. And they come by later in the day. They're like, "Rope? What is rope? Rope? Right. It's this organism that grows in aging beer. It looks like rope. It's, yeah. it's gross. You don't drink it. Once you know it's rope, you spit it oh, out. It's, it's, it's like drinking." Snails, and they're looking through like every part of it. Yeah. Oh, and, they're, man. and they've been sitting. They, they've spent like at least fifteen minutes trying to taste this beer for some poor home brewer who I'm sure worked very worked hard very on hard. that beer, right? <laughs> because it didn't have the sanitation. Yeah, right. it was so a, get it, all, it was the, rest, all, there. Get all the rest post, down. It was a post fermentation sanitation issue. Okay, yeah. like every beer I've ever made. <laughs> All right. well, you have plenty of sanitation. You just don't take the sanitation out. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. All right. What's okay, next? So once we uh, decide we want to make a recipe, we have to learn how to age our beer because aging beer is different for every recipe. Okay. So if we want to age uh, that beautiful Hellas, is that what you brought yeah. us? That beautiful Hellas that Doc brought us tonight? Um, I didn't uh, try that yet. Oh, oh it's, it's really phenomenal. I, I, I it's have, phenomenal. For aging, I have two beers on two different ends. The, the dark one and the, and the really light one. So Okay. Let's you know, the light one for, first. For me, like a, a really fresh ale, I might want to serve it nine days after I brew it and have it nice and crisp, some acetylaldehyde, um, uh, and just, just have it just be just be fresh and delicious. The hops are like crisp and right in your face. And, and so are the yeast characters. Yeah. Everything's just right there. Um, but, but for some beers, like uh, um, uh, an Irish stout... <laughs> Um, I might want to have in the fir- in the aging tank for three months. Okay. And that beer, gosh, how old was it? It was the four hell- five months old. Which one? The Hellas. Oh no, it's probably I brewed it uh, Christmassy kind of thing. So oh, okay, two and, well, and a half months. Yeah, we. It's uh, a beautiful aging. We, yeah. we we had it um, at the uh, the brew fest, and it was just a little on the oh, young side, right. but it went over well. Yeah, but I loved could, it I there. Could, yeah, we loved it, but it, I could tell it was just a little bit tasty, tasty. Yeah, tonight yeah. it had yeah. no sulfur. All the uh, lager you sulfur was gone. Yeah, and, um, and now uh, it's just just. I bet it peaks now for about the next six weeks. 
Okay. And uh, it's so, so getting to know your your beer in terms of its age, you need to yeah. taste it uh, uh, and, and weekly, and, if not daily. Uh, to find out that it's in the right spot. Preferably daily. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would certainly never let... I have 23 tanks of beer I, I have to steward in this building. Okay. And I would never let a tank go a day without a tasting it. So you have at least 23 <laughs> samples of beer a day. That's my job. You, you, have, to, <laughs> you have to have breakfast. And by the way, he usually has them all before 10 a.m. You, so. you have to have breakfast. It's the first meal of the day. That's true. <laughs> No wonder Colin's so goddamn happy. So, so you know, we've got that for aging, and we also got uh, the other one I brought, which is the Russian Imperial Stout. Okay. It's really nice now, but uh, i I got to really push myself to uh, age it. I want to see it in a year. Okay. So... What are the what are the standards for aging? Is it all a gravity situation? Uh, no, 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 it's no. Not. No, it has a lot to do with um, oxidation, where darker beers have more uh, reductones. Exactly, and they're darker. What are they called? Reductones. Okay. You want to have less oxidation, so you, uh, things that reduce that oxidation in there, which uh. is which is a time thing. <laughs> yeah, reductone is one of those words like cars. Yeah. It, it, it's a wide variety of molecules. Okay. Um, so that, it, that's it, not very specific. It, it, it slows down the staling qualities. Okay. So right. uh, something with more Maillard reactions or something with more caramelization. It's, or, it, or more hops as well. Or more hops. Yeah. It's going gonna, it's gonna to slow all that down. It's an oxidation. Um, so with, with that beer, it's a very malty beer, very alcoholic beer. So we want to have... It, it's very dark with a lot of caramels and things in it. It's it's going to mellow out and it'd be very nice. But I'm not worried about the hop characteristics so much with it, like like I would with the barley wine. Okay. Um, so all I want to do is I want to age it. It's high alcohol, things to meld, and in a year it's going to be very mellow, a whole different right. beer. With a barley wine, we want to have we want to start here and here with the hops and 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 uh, and have them converge. Meet, converge right. In a year. Okay. So it's a whole different or, age. Or in seven years, depending on what your yeah, goals so are. I've had seven-year-old barley wines that are phenomenal. So that's at the far end. So you can either, oh, I, I brewed this beer and I don't want to drink it for a year, or I want to do the recipe and make the recipe so it's going to converge in a year. Okay. Or, or converge in a month or whatever well, your right. the recipe uh, and your aging profile have to come with, together. With, I, I, with, with Tasty here, he, uh, during you know nationals, he brews a pale ale. And then he rebrews the pale ale to, just for the you know the second round for the freshness uh, for the just first. to show that I can do it. He's just proving his point. He's pat yeah. me in the back and tell me you really need to do I this. I rebrew ah. that beer. <laughs> and, yeah. Oh, we got time to rebrew this. All right. Like, Fuck that. Yeah. <laughs> I'll send what I have. I'm not going to do that. So, uh, but you really need to do that for certain beers to keep the hop freshness in there. Okay. Uh, to, to give it its best chance. To give its best chance. Yeah. Um, like our pale ale, uh, the recipe would not be right after six weeks. Yeah. You know, the recipe is designed to be it's, you know, it's something yeah. I have to brew every eight or nine days. Right. Uh, and and it's got to be fresh and delicious or, or it won't taste like a pale there's ale. There's no waiting uh, for anything. Uh, there, yeah. Ready to go. And, and I don't have time to wait anyway. No. So, right. so if you're so a home brewer, match that. If you're a home brewer and you find, oh, I find some extra bottles in the back or, or uh, a Scotty keg in the back and it's six months old, it's not going to be the same beer. Right. It won't even be similar. No. I, you, you might go, oh, I know what beer that was. Yeah. But it certainly isn't what beer it is. No. And it, it wasn't what you started out brewing forward to. Right. Uh, um, if you're going to brew, I've got some Hefeweizens that are like 
two, three, four, five years old. Just yeah. I have my hand just so I can pull them out and show people what not to brew. Or yeah. why, why, why you don't hang on to these beers. Hefeweizen's a great example of a fresh yeast character that's better mm-hmm. fresh. It's, it's got to be, you know, within a month, I'd say, Yeah, uh, for that. So on, on, on the, the close end, wheat beers, you really need to uh, step them up and have everything melded together in the first two, three weeks. Far end, you got you got the darker beers, the the uh, heavier alcohol, darker. So not just alcohol; it's a lot of things. It's okay. uh, the dark characteristics, the caramel characteristics, the pH. Uh, the pH you've got uh, the hop yeast. characteristics and the yeast. Even yeah. uh, the yeast characters are going to drop out after a while. Right. So uh, you got to all think of all this and your cellaring cap- capabilities. Uh, a lot of people, they'll especially home brewers, they'll. Oh, this is a pretty good beer, and they suck it all down before it even gets to uh, the, the peak characteristics of what it's going to be. Well, and and, and that, that. Happen, that happens to me all the time, where, where a home brewer shows up and says, Hey, I really want you to try this beer. I, I just brewed it. It's carbonated. You know, it's about 14 days old. And it's like, you know, this is going to be a really nice beer in six weeks. I had one on the but fermenter it, yesterday. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Fresh. Well, I have to drink out of the fermenters as part yeah. of my job. But, so I, I, can, right. I can do that. That brings up something with Justin. Justin's just... Can't fathom that uh, drinking out of the fermenter. Oh no! It's it's. Uh, can you tell what my beer is going to be like? Yeah, I can't at the beginning. No, I can't it's, tell until no, it's, 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 it's Yeah, that, that's it's a learning. It's yeasty yeah. or um, it's uh, non-carbonated. Uh, it's, well, and you know what characters are going to go away. It's like oh, that's going to age away. Exactly, that's going to age away. That's going to age away. But this is going to stay. You're going to know what's going to go yeah. away, and you're going to know what's going to shine through. Yeah. Right. And you know what's going to fade. And that's the way I look at it when I'm, when I'm tasting something like that. And this is like up from. That's a shitty beer, you know, yeah. because you, you, you kind of got to look past a lot of stuff. And, and I'll, I'll know if uh, I don't like a fermentation on day five or six. Yeah. I, I, I can just go, okay, you know, because for me, it's very easy to pour a sample. I can just pull off an ounce uh, in 15 seconds. At 10 in the morning. Yeah, or whenever, right. Your, and, and, and go, oh, this fermentation just isn't going to proceed right. It's not going to be a tail wagon amber ale. I'm going to have to do something, or I'm going to have to throw it out, or I'm going to... There, I'm going to have to fix this beer. This beer is going to be just one of those problem beers that goes through the whole process where every time you go, okay, what am I doing here to help it get better? Right. So he's tasting it early. He's going to figure out oh, the yeast didn't attenuate right because maybe the, the yeast uh, changed. Got cold. Or, or they got cold or they, they, they changed. Uh, there's something. He's, he's got to know right away. Yeah, because I can fix it. Because I can, the earlier I know there's a problem, and the better he, shot I've got at right. fixing it. Okay. So More importantly, multiple choice question. Is my nose effing with me? Did somebody pour a really hoppy beer? Is there a skunk outside? No, there's or a skunk outside. Or did somebody outside. smoke a fatty right near the emergency exit? No, it's uh, Chad in, in the room. I did notice Chad walked by the emergency yeah. exit right about the time no, I smelled the skunk. There's a skunk outside. That's a skunk, right? There's a skunk outside, yeah. <laughs> Ten minutes. Right downtown Napa. They figure that out. Yeah, one. there's uh, a skunk outside. Was, some, some skunk got run over in the road I outside. think you're right. Yeah. Although it did start out very mild where I was like, is that Collins double IPA? No. Or I, I, I don't use Simcoe in my double. Ten, min- ten minutes. <laughs> it was never mind. It was like, I think for the first time in Brewing Network history, when we have detected something skunky in the room, it actually was a skunk. skunk right? <laughs> I think that's actually what happened. All right, what's next on the list? Okay, so once we know how to age, the next step of aging is a clarifying your beer while you're aging. Okay, because you get you get to do both at once. 
And then the brewer's got a really important job, or he's got to hire somebody that's got a really important job. You need somebody that can identify off flavors and where they fit into this entire process. And so the last thing is you've got to do off flavor training. And you've got to sit down with a bunch of chemicals. You've got to spike a bunch of beers. You've got to do off flavor training, and and nobody likes doing it. Well, um, but it helps everybody brew better. I also like the fact that you have newbies on the other side of the bar, and I've seen you do it. You put a beer down in front of them, and you say, "What, what do you taste?" And they have no idea. Maybe they're like wine drinkers or whatever. And I've seen you do it. You put it down, and they go, "Apples," or right. Um. Um, computers and actually, <laughs> and they can taste it. I've seen it happen, and, and, and it's not that they is, and, and it's that they don't have the vocabulary. And so, yeah, off flavor yeah. training gives you the vocabulary. It's a, it's a vocabulary to, to deal with it. And you, you're into the cycle because the way to make beer better is to know when it's bad. Mm-hmm. You know, if you don't know, you're not going to get better. You, you can know it's bad, but you don't have the vocabulary. Yeah, you don't have the words to describe it or the um, solutions. People say, tell me all the time. I don't have a palate. I don't have the palate. No, you don't. I give you a words. flavor, and you go, oh, that's this. Yeah. You can taste oh, it. And now they know. Yeah. Right. Everybody's and, got a palate. And with off-flavor training, though, what they do is they spike a beer, and, and usually, I don't know why. But what kind of beer would they spike? It's always Miller Lite, yeah. and I don't know why. <laughs> and I've never figured out why, but everybody that I've ever done a, ta- a flavor training with has said, we always use Miller Lite, Miller Lite we don't say why. Really? So I don't know if that's the least flavorful beer that there is, or or, or it's been donated, or I have, or, or Miller Lite sponsors these companies. I have no idea. It's right. cheapest, but uh, I've I've done at least a dozen flavor trainings, both as the trainer uh, and as a student, and we always use Miller Lite, okay. and I don't know why. Good I used know. it because the first person to tell me to do it said but we always use Miller Lite. And uh, uh, it's really fun because you have this this chemical that's going to make the beer, beer taste just like bananas. And you get to go, okay, what do you guys taste? And one out of 20 is going to go, bananas. You're going to go, you're right. And everybody's going to go, oh, wow, oh, it is bananas. Yeah. Go, oh, my gosh. Right. And it's this big aha yeah. moment. Okay. But... There's always going to be some person who's never tasted anything. Yeah. And they're going to be able to call out the flavor that you're looking that for. You're looking but for. even if you put it at, right at detection But the other 19 threshold. people are going to go, yeah. something. Something. Yeah, something I don't something. like. And you tell them what it is, it they, doesn't they taste get it. right. Yeah. To me, that's the difference between, uh, well, there are several differences, but that's the, one of the big differences between a trained palate and a palate palate. We yeah. all can taste it, but we, can, we don't always know what it is we're tasting. So, so a lot of times we go, wow, there's just something there, there's something there. Yeah, you're connecting the synapses between the taste yeah. buds But you don't and have the, the word or the descriptor. Well, the word helps. That's, you your, that's how you remember it. Tastes, yeah. you know, the connection. Just Yeah. <laughs> right? But, but, but I think that's the key to the, to the ingredient where someone finally says, what it is, and the whole room goes, yeah, yeah. that's yeah. what I meant. Right. And so you all can taste it. Everybody can taste right. it. You just can't always put your finger on it. And that's the difference between somebody who has studied and spent time. That, that's what flavor training knowing is. Knowing what these trainings yeah. are. So, so yeah, yeah, these flavors it, are. It, it's a learned thing, and that's uh, really what I push on people. It's a learned thing. You need to be with somebody and, that can taste it. Yeah. And when somebody walks up to you and says, you know, that beer, your beer tastes just like DMS, right. or your beer tastes just like cooked vegetables, or your beer tastes just like butter. You've got to go punch wow, him in the face. I 
better taste this beer again oh. and know exactly what the hell it is they're telling me. No, and then punch because they're the telling you no, there, no, no, there's no, no. a there's you look a right one, back at the face you go, it's supposed to taste like that. A, a, a lot of <laughs> yeah. a lot of these beers, you know, and, and if somebody hands me a beer and I say it tastes just like DMS, you know what? There's one thing they could have changed in that brewing process would have been five seconds of their time and it would have taken that flavor away. Right. They could have turned up the burner. Okay. They would have turned up the burner ten percent. It would have taken that character away. That would have been gone. They never would have had to deal with it. And the moment they can taste DMS, they can fix that on their own without my help. Or, yeah, or, yeah. But they can't do that until they know. Until they know. Until they know. Until they know. Until they can a taste it and b know where it came from. Okay. So that's the last process. thing you've got to do is start analyzing all those off flavors and go back through the process and fix them. So, so do you get it um, about the part where no. Um, now we're at the part where oh, I taste off flavors, but we know the process. Right. So we go way back to the beginning of the whole thing, and oh, that's where that happened. Okay. I got DMS. I didn't take the lid off my pot. I didn't boil hard enough. I didn't boil. I only boiled for forty-five minutes with my pale ale, my pale malts. I, I had this this uh, barely simmering boil for forty-five minutes, and my beer tastes like cooked vegetables. Because, because hmm, I, 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 I went why. up to my. Right. I went from my five. Two and a half, three, four gallon pot to my ten gallon pot, but I didn't go outside. I, I put it over two burners on my stove, right? And it, and it barely went, it barely bubbled. So See, I skipped. I skipped from uh, uh, somebody buying me a brew system to off flavors, right? <laughs> because, and it's part of the reason I'm so critical about all my beers too, right? Is that I get it, like I can taste this stuff and I know it, and I tend to not kid myself about my beers. So I really skipped the, all the stuff in between and went right to now every beer that I taste, I can I can kind of get to the point and go, yeah, well that's no good. Oh wait, no, you, okay. you and, kid uh, yourself. You say they're uh, all right, they're okay. No, so so what do you, now you've been talking to because they're really that, bad. Only if they're okay. You, you just do I ever say okay. that? Yeah, no, that's not true. If they're really bad, like this one I just did for Candy Brew at Tasty, for example, it was an okay beer. No, it was really bad. No, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> it just wasn't cloned. That's right. It well, wasn't cloned. So, so, uh, and, and now let's get realistic about all this. So, what, what, what are you going to expect? Well, when I walked into this brewery, uh, if we would have taken a panel of uh, our judge peers and we were to have judged the beers I walked into uh, taking over this brewery, um, I'd be lucky to, to see this brewery get twenties. Um, now I think I'd be pretty confident that any beer out of my faucets can probably be a mid thirties, mid, mid high thirties. Uh, we we had a long conversation about why, and it's all about the process, mostly the cellaring. And 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 this is nine years worth of my efforts right. to try to take beers consistently, be able to try to take the beers from the twenties into the mid thirties. Well, I'd love to be able to say, yeah, every beer you're going to walk into is going to be mid forties. In fact, you're not going to find a better beer anywhere. That's not the case. I'm still learning. When so you come here next year, I'm going to be making better beers. So the fact that you've taken nine years, shouldn't I modify my outline right here to put patience at the beginning? Um, you, well, patience has got to be in there, doesn't it? Because I have none. I mean, that's part of the reason I, I, I beat myself up all the way through is that I have no patience. I, I want it now. I want it fixed. I want it right. It's taken you nine years at a professional brewery. And 800, to, well, 800 plus beers. Yeah. He didn't start really this go brewery. He had yeah. to clean up. Yeah, right. I did to inherit recipes and a process and uh, and equipment. And, well, I'm, and adding, fix it. I'm adding patience to the beginning of this list. Okay. Patience. Are we going to post this? Patience is now the first thing. So we started with boil. You can amend the, the list now to be patience. Patience. And then boil. Patience. Yeah. So you first have to develop a little bit of patience. 
You know, J- JP, patience. What? My, Develop. My computer's not as big as mine. <laughs> uh, uh, but I have more to compensate for it, Colin, so you're fine. Well, that, that, that seems more like a feeling than it does. Uh, <laughs> no, a that's a, term. no, that's a skill. Well, no, it's, that uh, is much more than a feeling. Trust me. Well, then I'll have to add like an introspective uh, nature. I think that, that you're should doubt, be you part doubt your own beer. You the, know, you, well, I think you don't assume it's good until it's the best it can be. I think a little bit of, of self-reflection is should be part of this process. Okay, put that down there. Then. You know, so self-reflection, <laughs> great. And just, patience. It's turning into the California list really Justin, quick. You'd, you'd never come out of your room if that was the big thing. <laughs> self-reflect. No, I didn't say self-touching. I said oh, self- yeah, yeah. self-reflection. That's a given. We do that all the time. Self-reflection. It's really easy. So, being and, a vegan is going to be added next. I, I have to put a plug in here uh, before we uh, go away. Um, uh, t- make sure to try the Old Magnolia Oatmeal Stout. That's pouring. Okay. Because Kyohei, um, uh, a very uh, avid Brewing Network listener, Uh-oh. came and brewed 25 batches of beer with me in August and September and dug me out oh. of the earthquake retrofit mess I got left in with no beer in the building and lots of customers. It's the last beer in stock that I that he brewed while he was here. Is that what just got delivered to us? No, we're oh. drinking double IPA yeah, because double. Ah, you're all freaking sissies. And you just need to pony it up and have a beer. <laughs> I like <home>. Bitches. <laughs> Cheers, man. I haven't had the double IPA in a while. Actually, I like Here's this gone. batch as uh, much as any one I've ever made. I can't remember if I've ever finished one. Okay, good. Oh, that's good beer. See, that's an... Oh, is, oh, is, it, is it chucked? How come you always give us the double IPA? Why, why, why you do time? that? I'm going to enjoy this one because it's it's actually really well done. It's oh. not too... Uh, Let's too, just get out of your chugging it. Well, it's not too big or... <laughs> no, like I'm always the first one to chug with, it, with, with Colin. <laughs> but this is nice beer. Yeah. Good. I'm glad you like it. I'm, hold on I, I'm it. as proud of it as any double IPA I've made. So. I think it's the best double IPA I've had from you. Well, it's not too bitter. From you. <laughs> from you. Yeah. Well, look at I'm not going to, you know. <laughs> I, I don't need anybody to blow sunshine in my ass. I really don't. <laughs> Sir, you are no Matt Brendelson. No. <laughs> not in so many words. <laughs> Who is, really? This is a good, yeah, exactly. Who is? Hey, he's not short enough. All right, JP. What? And 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 crew left in front of us. Is, are there any recommendations for drunk of the week? Because uh, we got to go. What? No. Nobody's uh, pretty mellow crowd tonight. Oh. I don't hear. I haven't heard the tattoo gun going in a while too. That's done. Well, I don't know if it's done. No, I still see the chair. Oh, please. Oh, last show. Uh, hey, I, I from almost last got drunk Joe's. of the year from last show. That's true. Can we? Uh, can I can I nominate Olivia Paxton? I mean, she's been stumbling around all night. No, I don't know. Law's out there. Law, Law might be drunk of the week. Oh. That could be drunk of the week right there. My wife. Someone's yelling, my wife. My wife. All right, that guy's wife is drunk of the yeah. week. Yeah. Congratulations. I think I might even have a... Can we put that on the plaque? That guy's wife, yeah. That happens a lot. So many homebrewers, they never tell us their wife's name. They just, my wife, that's my wife, this is my wife. I I always have to go, does your wife have a name? (laughs) No. My wife. Yeah. All right. Her. Are we done here? Are we done? I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. How else can we make beer better? We're done. My, 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 this is where Colin gets insane. My, We're done. My, 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 my,
my, my day job is making better beer. Well, we never, but our job here is to make beer better. We never and there's got a difference. Into, we never got into serving. <laughs> doc, doc, don't encourage him. Shut okay. up. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Should we I ask more questions? questions? Are there any questions from the uh, peanut? Oh, yes. Drunk of the week. I don't I think this. I were you drunk of the week? Was this the... This is... So, JP, check the toolbox right over there. <laughs> you, you say that in front of a mixed audience? You know what I mean. I do. There, and she grabs onto there the might, speaker There pole. might be a drunk of the week medal in the utility box. Let me go check the utility box. Hold on a second. Don't leave Don't there, wife, wife lady. Wife, woman, lady. There I'll might be... My wife. There <laughs> might actually be a medal. And Colin, can we have an update? Uh, did we have a baby tonight? No, uh, Heather, have we had a baby yet? Yeah. yeah. No, Heather's still sitting at the bar, so we haven't had a baby yet. The baby's not laying on the bar or anything? All right. Sounds and, like Unless she stuffed it back in, we haven't had a baby like yet. Sounds like Colin gets to go and do some baby tonight, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what? JP, help me out. Uh, Sean said it worked for them. So, so <laughs> no metal, huh? Call it when the water breaks. Are you gonna check the pH? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, but they did tell me to record what it smells like. Oh, so. what? Uh, I'm gonna throw up. I think Colin, you're killing me right now. I'm thinking lactic. <laughs> they said you need to know the time and what it smells like. Very lactic, Wait, who is they? Who is they that told you this? Uh, Kaiser. Why? Kaiser, I don't know because why. Because they don't they want said, you coming they, in they too early. They gave us a keychain and they said, call this phone number if the water breaks yeah. and tell us what time it broke and what it smells like. Because they, uh, <laughs> I'm telling you to throw off right now. Uh, because they don't want you sitting in there too early. No, we call You go down tell, there, they send you home. He'll tell them the pH and he'll tell them how to fucking adjust for that water too, yeah. weirdo. And I'd be like, you know, if you had a little polyclar, it would have been much... Uh, you know, <laughs> well, you guess, a little what's cloudy. the <laughs> what are my choices? I'm only good on multiple choice. Yeah, and listen, what's the correct answer? That mash temperature of 98.7 just didn't work out very well. <laughs> oh, I, I want to know why we keep changing gingers. We do. Do we have a new ginger? Is Moscow's not a ginger? Is, are you a ginger? Oh yeah. Yeah, he is. Oh, yeah. Is he? Oh he's yeah. Like, he's like half a ginger. Look, look, come on. Your mom's a ginger. Moscow said his mom's a ginger. We did. We had one ginger. What did you do? Take a break for a couple hours and put the ginger in your seat? Is that what happened? Yeah, and, and you know what? Yeah. Except for the red hat, we wouldn't have noticed. Greg did again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think the ginger's on our TV show now, and, right? And, and you yeah. know what? He looked like he was so into that. Yeah. Not, oh, like, yeah. not like Moscow, who's like, uh. <laughs> so, and the other thing I've noticed is Schumann's been here all night. Yeah. Not doing a damn thing. But, oh, yeah, well, but, but, but no, no, no. We, we haven't seen the tour. <laughs> How in the world is it that Schumann's been here the whole night? There hasn't been a Schumann tour. Uh, apparently, but by the fact that he doesn't even know what you're talking about him, he's so into Schumann, the, he's, we're talking about you. He's, he's so into the Oscars that are on the TV behind us right now that he doesn't even know. What, is it like best romantic comedy going on right now or something, Schumann? You can't pay attention? A lot of feelings going on. So, speaking of Schumann giving the tour, Shu wants to move out of the Rat Pad. Well, what, he has a better oh. deal someplace else? Come on. Look, he I, tried that saying. once, What's he got to do? and it did not work. He came to me, he said, look, you know, I'm, I'm growing up. 
Uh, I'm beca- <laughs> um, He's somewhat more mature than you. Come I'm, be- on. <laughs> That's what I- I'm becoming an adult. You know, I really need my own space. I give him the better room. He's he's breaking up with me. No, but, no, are, are you no. saying that he's learned how to change the toilet paper roll without instructions? <laughs> Maybe <laughs> laundry. That's pretty much right. That's when you move out of my house. Once you know uh, how to change the, I think it's a bad idea. He's on. He's on his way out. Whoops. No, it's he's given he tried it once. It did not work. He, he came back. He, he's got. Li- listen, shoot. The tour isn't going to work in a one-bedroom apartment. Yeah. <laughs> right, you can't, you can no longer like say, would you like the tour, and, <laughs> and make it sound good. As long as there's one bedroom, the tour works just fine. It's a studio apartment where it can't work at all. <laughs> hey, would you like the tour? <laughs> we got the kitchen at, and the yeah. bathroom at, yeah. and my penis. <laughs> would you like to defend yourself? Shoot. <laughs> Hey, Justin, it's not you, it's me, man. <laughs> She's not really listening now. She's totally breaking up with me, man. It's ridiculous. I mean, I just feel like we've gone different places. Not like we've we grown apart. Grown. You're grown a little apart, bit. Man. Just figure, man. your liver can't handle that much. Fun. I will always cherish the time we spent together. We can work this out. We can talk it out. I just don't know. I, I feel like we're. it's going to be fine for a month and then... After that, you're going to go back to your old ways. <laughs> I, will, I, can, I can change. I can change, no, human. You said know. that before. What do you and, want? And my mom and all my mom's friends say, you're not going to change. So, that's they just don't, the way They don't even know me. They hardly know me. They, they've tried to get you to know you. You know me. You're like, you're like a closed emotional door. <laughs> Shuman, trust your mom's friends. I started seeing a therapist, Shuman. I'm going to open up. Do you remember what happened last time? You've been nailing my mom's friends, too. So when you're nailing my mom's friends and my mom's friends are nailing... Don't say say friends. It was one time. It was one Not really a friend, an acquaintance. When you start nailing my mom's acquaintances and then they say you're not going to grow up, makes me want to believe it. Your mom hardly knew her. It didn't even... She she was hardly even as old as your mom. They were both in a movie together, but that's not the point. I don't the think point is, we're both moving on. Man, it's going to be rough. Look, you see what, what I'm look, saying? Look what happened last time you tried to fill that I room. Know. I know. We, yeah. got a, we got a douchey filling, roommate last filling, time. Filling the room won't be as hard as filling the void. <laughs> okay. <laughs> last time you moved out, we got a smelly DJ I, uh, what, moved what was in. was our last plug? Triple X somebody? Uh, AdamandEve.com. Uh, they'll fill the void. Um, <laughs> yeah. right. I, I fathom what Eve will. Mm. Yeah. I've got an idea. Yeah. Prospective roommates come in. Yeah. We have the board meeting. <laughs> they have to present. Should we do it like the casting call for the TV yeah, show? Is this oh, yeah. the next reality TV show? What, this is how the, we did the it. With the TV roommate. show, we had a, ta- a big conference table like this, and we had three of us on one side, and then we had the, we had the contestants come up and, and sit down on the other side. And, 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 and spew. It yeah. was like The Apprentice. And you ask them exactly. questions like, where do you see yourself in 10 years? You're, uh, you're fired. Yeah, no, all kinds of stupid. What would we ask them uh, to interview to, to live in the house? Uh, Have name, you ever given the tour? Yeah. yeah. Um, name a time you've had a trying experience in your life and explain. Have you ever done three cartloads of dishes? Has it ever burned when you pee? <laughs> and then I'll ask him to explain Have that. Have you ever had a hole in your hand? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm do, you sorry. Know what, do you know what MRSA is? I'm sorry. Tell me about crazy You're bitch. not the next Rat Pad cont- uh, roommate. Right. You can give them roses. Like, give three of them roses and the one that doesn't get a rose, that means they're out. Can you work week. on a VW bus? Yeah, that's a good question. Does it bother you when butter-faced broads climb in the window yeah. rather than use the front door? Right. Who's that? Not even valid. if the door's unlocked. Not your butterface, 
frog. <laughs> yeah. Uh, a lot of a lot of things to think about now, Schumann. I know. I've been thinking. <laughs> I gotta say, it's been hurting. What the fuck? <laughs> and I asked Schumann, I go, so where are you That's thinking about That's WTF. You know what he said? I don't do Martinez. that. Martinez. <laughs> it's not as if it's not even as Wait. if he's moving like up no, in the world. No. I, 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 I don't know. I, no. I, I, I might have to uh, make the argument that Martinez is a step up from Pacheco. Damn you, Colin. <laughs> Back to my roots. Damn you. At least it's closer to the water. Yeah, that, I'll give you that. <laughs> that polluted water. Yeah. All right, Chew. Well, good luck. F you. Well, I'm going to have... I mean, my kids are going to have three testicles anyway. I might as well move to Martinez. In thinking about it, I've been living with Schumann on and off for 10 years. Yeah. What? Yeah, Yeah, it's true. How stupid is that? JP? It's out of hand. We're practically like domestic partners at this point. Three days a year. I think it's the same California. You can declare each other as beneficiaries. We should be able to to combine health care. We should. At this point. We can get tax write-offs for this. You're going to ruin all of this. Actually, I think I might be needing a place. Um, And by the way, no offense, but I want biscuit, too. You can forget it. You can forget that. It's going to be lonely. So, so you know what? She's water. only good for a few more months anyway. Yeah. Hey, so, hey. So, so we're dividing uh, Doc and, and, and the children here. So uh, yeah. who's taking who? Schumann can have Doc, especially since he just said Biscuit's going to die soon. <laughs> but you can't have Biscuit. Who's gonna Come on. Well, she's going to die soon. And well, you can have JP. Do you, really, so, so, do you really think? Yeah. And, but and, you can't have Tasty. Okay. <laughs> and you get Tasty. Okay. All right. Forget it. You can have Moscow too. Okay, so, so you can have the half a ginger. You know, we, we were like at a radio level of nine. Yeah. 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 Now we're at eleven. Or two. Yeah. What, we're what about I, I want to be? I want to be living in the uh, conditions I've grown accustomed to. So, what are you going to do for my housing situation? I'll go pee on your carpet. Okay. And put all my garbage in your backyard. That's, that's and then it'll be, it'll be just like home. I got <laughs> to say one thing. You'll be able to park your motorcycle in the living room. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a step closer than mine. Yeah, yeah. Just a step. <laughs> All right. I told I you, you went, we were done, You went Colin. two steps. <laughs> Front porch, living room. Yeah. Right there. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody, for hanging out with us. I appreciate your time and uh, coming to have some beer here at Downtown Joe's. It's been a lot of fun. Colin, as always, a great job. And uh, more education about how to upgrade our brew process. Tasty, thanks for hanging out with us tonight. My pleasure. Make it all the better. Thank you for helping me make better beer. Oh, thank you. Ever. Appreciate it. Glad to help. JP, thanks for uh, making it all the way out of Napa, Moscow. Good job tonight. And uh, Ginger Guy for doing Moscow's job on the. uh, Sweet. (laughs) Greg. And the red hat helps. Yeah. It's extra ginger. Extra ginger. Thanks to Jason giving tattoos all night. Uh, I can't Dang. tell if he's cleaning up or prepping for another tat right now. Rob. Rob, kept he's saying Jason doing one all on night. Law. It's Rob. My fault. Yeah, yeah he's doing uh, one on Law. Oh, Law, is that Law's right? got more beer tattoos. Is she, she, is she has beer so? labels tattooed all over her body. Really? Yeah. Rob, I'm sorry I got your name wrong all night. My fault. <laughs> um... I might get one. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get that tramp stamp. I've always Sarah wanted. Sarah Huska was talking about it's time for one more tattoo, and I think we ought to blog this one up. And she ought to come out to I, uh, the next downtown Joe's yeah, tattoo show. I think yeah, so. it'd be a great deal. Other arm, make a big one. Right <laughs> there. Yeah. All right. So next time we both get tattoos, right? Yeah. On air. On air. I think you while, while we do the show, get, Here's, that, get that third nipple. Here's, I'll, I'll do techno geek while while we get tattoos. I'm with you, but I can't. I can't get the hop grenade. 
I have to get something else. Why? Because it's a jinx. It's my it's my company's logo. So for example, here's why. If you get your wife's name tattooed to your body, you're gonna break up. You might as well hire the divorce lawyer right now. Um, excuse tell me, me, tell me, excuse me, he doesn't need that. Tell me, I'm, I'm pausing the ending, ending song so that you, I can clear this up for anybody. If, if there's ever any doubts, there are two things that are sure to get you a divorce: buying your wife fake tits. Oh yeah, <laughs> and, getting, and getting her name tattooed to your body. Both of those things those give two? you give you precisely 365 days to hire a divorce it's over. a divorce lawyer. This is history. That's it. And you come back here and you tell me if I'm wrong. And so I consider getting my own logo the same thing. If I want to go get a real, married to the Brewing Network, I'm pretty much man. You know how the, it's, it's my, you know, it's my. I don't you do much. Move back to Hesperia. That's right. Or go bartend again, or 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 wait change tables, tires. or or uh, what? God, go uh, back to something you know. I could go change tires. Go back living with human again. All you know, all completely respectable things that I never enjoyed doing. And so, if like if, living with human, like living with human. So if I get my own logo tattooed. It's over, Colin. How about a Downtown Joe's tattoo? So how about you get the hop grenade and I will get Downtown Joe's <laughs> okay. tattoo. Uh, that'll do. Oh, man. Great. <laughs> Great. Can I design the Downtown Joe's logo? No, we're, we're going to do the girl and dog uh, tail wagon tattoo. I kind of like that, in, actually. In, in nine colors. The, See, the full nine color logo. I'm okay with that. I grew up where I grew up. There was that 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 suntan lotion, the copper tone, the yeah. copper tone. You know that was, yeah, sure. With the with the dog pulling a chick's yeah, pants. That's the same as yours, right? Yeah, well, except she's grown up and she has a thong. But yeah, it's the same logo, right? <laughs> I can do that. That's like that's like memories. You know that Jodie Foster. It is. Uh, yeah. I'll get that yeah, right out my ass. model for that. She's gay Foster. now. So I'll have to stand here like this for the show. <laughs> we'll put the, the camera time. right here yeah. so we can see the brown eye the I'll whole time. What, ah. do, that, do that again. Do that again. No, I don't trust I'll you, I'll get that God. tattooed on me. <laughs> me bending yeah. over the table. <laughs> That'd be pretty good. We'll have one tattoo artist tattooing me getting tattooed to Doc. <laughs> yeah. All right, I'll start the exit song again so we can go. Oh, yeah, please. <laughs> Alright, thanks everybody. Colin, so thank you. It's it's, uh, it's always a great time out here. I appreciate Home it. Rude. Thank you, Justin. Don't forget to tip your bartenders and your servers. They work real hard and they take good care of us. And come out to Downtown Joe's anytime we're here because I guarantee you won't walk away feeling like you had a bad time. <laughs> it's always so a good time. <laughs> yeah. Tip is both a noun and a verb. There you go. And you might even see the Paxtons. The whole yeah. family. We have we have giant Paxton. We have not giant Paxton. And we mini have pa- mini, pa- mini Paxton. All here in one room. It's uh, it's pretty cool. All right, everybody. We'll see you next time. Thanks for hanging out.
know what I'm talking about. But don't you give me that American cruise, boy, I want a real home cruise. Home cruise, don't you be the love of that home cruise, can't get enough of it. Home cruise blows my mind, I love it.